0: I want to say to Prince specifically, I want to say to Prince that yes, that was us at the end of the night at a Hi-Fi at about 4.30, 5am in the morning at the balcony um, and it's it's all right. Don't, don't worry about it. We're all cool. It's all good.
1: We understand you're very busy. <laughs> Not a problem.
2: <laughs> no, it's Prince Prince, you understand we're very busy, you know, we, we yeah, just you know. <laughs> Yeah. We, we had things
0: to do, for people to see. So, anyway, and you got the look was great, especially the part where Delilah came on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty saucy.
3: Welcome to the Peach and Black podcast. Your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in
0: the Prince World. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's
2: got all those classic Prince elements.
1: Captain, why wouldn't you just record as much as you could?
2: Player, oh, yeah. it's just like a story house of ideas. Oh, Jam. Either version, I love both versions.
0: Aussie, Aussie, Aussie Oi, oh, oi <laughs> <laughs> Hello, hello, hello Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast We are back from a month of funky shows And we're all here to go through the Welcome to Australia Tour Review Our official Welcome to Australia Tour Report Please join me in welcoming everyone to the show Toy Jam, I'm all purpled out
1: Captain. I didn't get to hear endorphin machine.
0: <laughs> Player.
4: <laughs> what are we here for? Free pizza?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should order some pizza. And it's MC. This is... Wow, one of the most exciting shows that uh, I think all of us have ever been a part of, what we're about to go into, because we're going to be talking about the shows that we witnessed. Eight concerts in total, Australia got to see. We saw many of those, and let's just go straight into it, guys. It's been an amazing, amazing three weeks. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit like you, Toe Jim. I'm all purpled out. I don't know. Take the mic off my hands. Tell me how excited you guys <laughs> the purple
2: depression is setting now in. kicking in. <laughs> back to reality uh yeah
1: another nine years
2: <laughs> I remember the the first day after the tour had finished it was just like oh it's too much I can't take anymore it's too much and then the, the following day I was like man that was the greatest tour ever that was kick ass <laughs> and since then it's like oh I, I need another show to look
1: forward to so- See, I mean, you can say about the tour planning, instead of just, you know, three shows in this city, three shows in that city, it was all over the place because of venues, whatever. But it was also good because it, like, spread the shows out. Instead of just having three shows in a week, we got, like, a show a week. It was great. Yeah,
3: yeah. I had three
1: weeks of shows instead of just, you know, all stuck in four days. It was good. And it
0: it gave you, because of that, like, using Sydney as an example... It gave you an opportunity to get, you know, the one-two punch from, from the first two shows of the tour. And then, you, like you say, you had a week break. But in that week, you got to talk to other fans, to yeah. let the yeah. memories simmer. And it just kind of all sunk in. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's night three in
2: Sydney and you're going out again and it's there's another Prince show in town. So From my point of view, you know, I've flown, come down to Sydney, met all these people, and then go back to Brisbane. And then they all come up to Brisbane. I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it's... <laughs> You it's know. a travelling circus. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> travelling circus.
1: And then after the third Sydney show, if you're mental like us, then you fly down to Melbourne for the last show as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, we had to we had to catch the last show of the tour and we'll get we'll get into that. We're all purpled out and our bank accounts are purpled out too.
1: Oh don't even remind me. Anyone wanna send
0: Peach and Black Podcast a check for a few <laughs> thousand dollars? <laughs> So, you know, this is going to be a bit of a, a crazy show because we've got no script, we've got no real format. Straight off the top of our brains. Pretty much, yeah. We're just um, the, what, what you hear is what, you, what you're going to get right now. So it's all coming to you live from the Peach and Black Podcast Studios. Our impressions of the tour. Oh, why don't we just start with night one in Sydney, the tour opener. I, for one, have to say that hearing those first strains of "Gold" just took me to heaven. I, I was completely mm. wrapped; couldn't was believe what I was hearing. You know what an opener! Song. What an iconic song to open the tour. Gold, gold. Yeah, is well, that song called "All That Glitters"? Come oh, on!
1: <laughs>
0: Shout out to Kathy McCabe. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, oh no, yeah!
0: I agree, man. That no,
4: that was that was great. I just great
0: got, I got chills up my you know like the hair on the back of the neck stood up, and I just it was a moment. It
2: you, it just really felt it, you know. And it was but cool we, that he came up in that sparkly gold suit as well. Really nice yeah. way to open the whole tour.
1: But we knew that first show was going to be a big show. We all said, you know, he's because at that point, you know, a lot of shows still hadn't sold out or were anywhere near it. So we knew he had to do a big show first to get everyone talking. And then they're going to buy tickets. They're going to keep coming back. And he did, you know, it was three hours. It was crazy.
0: It's great. Yeah. And two and a half of it, two and a half hours (laughs) wasn't purple (laughs) rain. (laughs) But we'll get to that. I totally forgot to mention Andy McKee opening the show up with the acoustic Purple Rain intro, which was kind of, kind of uh,
1: strange. I think that's Andy's, you know, story of his life on this tour. He <laughs> just kept sort of getting forgotten and overlooked and misused. Oh no! Uh, he wasn't was, overlooked.
4: He was good. He was really good.
1: Did he even play a note at the second Sydney show?
4: No. A bit, which was interesting because I thought, "Oh, what happened?" What did he do wrong in the first show and make him, you know, yeah. get the I mean, job for the
2: second? He did, um,
4: he did the after show and... Yeah. Yeah, so it was all good, but yeah, he wasn't featured at all in the second I mean, show.
1: The first show was great. I mean, it was great because, well, apart from MC... we to it's, been it's been nine years, past, yeah. It's been nine years. Hmm. And it was a long show, but it was... I don't know if you want to say slightly unrehearsed. It seemed a bit...
2: No, it was just... It just, um,
1: seemed a bit raw. Yeah, there are a yeah, few stoppages.
2: Like just finding the way. Yeah, and there was also that he, he had guitar. some problems with his guitar early on. Yeah, but like other than that, I thought it was a great show. Yeah, it was. Um, and one of the highlights for me was just Jam of the Year. I was like, what the? He's bringing out Jam of the Year. Yeah, and it's a real like real sort of more soulful, less plastic version, I guess. Uh, and then he you know brings in this this Money medley with all this sort of fast poppy stuff. Yeah, that was that was totally unexpected. So that was cool. That was one of the highlights for me on the first show.
4: You know why? Because um, back in November, he was checking out our Emancipation e- episode.
2: Of course, he's gone. Okay. Yeah,
4: I'm bringing this back in the next tour. Jam of the year, yeah. bang.
2: Yeah, there's cause and then there's effect. <laughs> cause, Peach and Black <laughs> do Emancipation. The effect, Prince <laughs> plays Jam of the Year. That's it. <laughs> That's it.
1: Plus, uh, the Gold Experience <laughs> review we just did, like what a couple months ago. <laughs> first song he plays is Gold.
0: Uh, turn on. it up. Turn it Stop. up. <laughs> I just uh, realized right after you guys said it that it's been almost a decade since the three of you have actually seen Prince live, and I, that's incredible to me. Like you, you know, you mentioned that I had seen him a few times in the last few years, so I think I didn't really think too much about the experience that you guys would be having. But that must have been incredible seeing him for the first time in a decade. Was, oh yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it was eight years. I saw a musicology, but that was the last time. Yeah. So it's same. eight eight years.
0: Okay, and I think nine for player. So yeah, incredible. Yeah, an incredible opening night for me, without a doubt. Outside of the gold jam of the year, one two punch, which an incredible way to open the show, especially because they're two lesser known songs from a general fan point of view. But then to throw in the dance electric was for me the highlight, the undoubted oh, highlight yeah. of that. As soon
4: as that loop starts, man, it's like it's on. It's just ah, mm-hmm. uh, this is it.
2: Actually, oh. what was cool about that when it came on, the loop started, and because you know we'd heard this rehearsal snippet, and so I'm thinking, oh yeah, it's dance electric, but actually it went it's into mountains dance. first, yeah. and that was cool. So it had yeah, mountains with cool, the dance like electric cool beat. Version. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Midnight <laughs> <laughs> <70 laughs>
4: three wasn't turned up loud enough. Couldn't yeah, hear I don't know. It. Couldn't but hear it, but did incredible.
0: Ah, and- <laughs> <laughs> I, <love laughs> I know. I, know. I-, I felt exactly the same way. It was just,
4: you know, I was sitting in my seat, I was doing it for them. Just sitting there going,
0: do doo doo. It's an incredible track. And, and to hear it live in that really, you know, all the like the house lights stayed stayed off and it got really dark and Prince is there in black just doing the dance electric and really, really funking it up, you know. And it was um, just a thing you had, to, you had to be there to witness. And my favorite part of, of that song live was that last probably 30 seconds to 45 seconds of it that oh the coda part yeah the coda oh Oh, and it just oh man the end with the guitar yeah that was smoking and then he pointed to a few people who were sleeping Uh, behind the piano that night not naming any names not mentioning anything (laughs) but uh looked pretty convincing to me um color you peach and black i think someone said so yeah any more any more comments about that first show we got a lot to get through
1: that guitar i've got to go back to the guitar malfunction because it was hilarious it was in let's go crazy yeah
0: 1999 and little red corvette
1: it was just coming up to the solo at the end of let's go crazy and he got his guitar from the guitar tech he turned up the volume and it just goes (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and it went for like five seconds and then he and us us were
2: like oh it's a new arrangement so-
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then he just he just saw the look straight to the guitar take and he's like I'm giving this one more try T- tried it again <laughs> <laughs> and then he you know people say he threw it back to the guitar tech. he didn't throw it to the guitar tech tech he launched it like just (laughs) anywhere off the stage (laughs) I saw sparks fly when it hit something I don't know what it hit it hit like some speakers or the side of the stage but the sparks came off that thing he really he like chucked it that wasn't just a throw that was like a a serious angry (laughs) it was like launched I think it might have hit Kyle in the head (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but,
0: see, that's fair
4: enough, you know, when I mean, you, I mean, you want to turn it on and you expect it. Oh,
1: I can understand, you know, it's like the first solo yeah. of the night, the first show of the tour. Yeah. It's, it's the first chance. I mean, he didn't play guitar. That was really the first time he was going to play it. Oh, he played it. Start let's go crazy, but that was the big solo, yeah. which yeah. everyone waits but for.
2: I remember thinking at the time. He actually did really well to, to cue out of it and oh, like he cue did. the band. So oh, like, yeah. it shows this professionalism, master. Yeah. Like when something like that happens, and you no, know, to majority of people, they probably didn't even notice it. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it was seamless. Probably so. because that's how good it was. You know, just the switch <laughs> yeah. straight into
0: 1999 with no yeah. guitar. <laughs> we
1: got 1999 with no guitar. Then we got a Little Red Corvette with no guitar, which was actually great because we've all heard it with guitar. Mm. Yeah. And then he did all this other vocal stuff to make up for not having a guitar, and it was great. And
0: that's, that's ingenious, isn't it? My guitar's not working, so I'll just do the solo with my voice. Mm. On and the, the funny- spot. I mean, come on. <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah. But then the funniest, thing, the funniest thing was then you'd go into Lost and Found with the girls, and, you know, I'm, uh, you know it's impossible that I could have heard it, but I could hear him screaming his head off underneath the stage <laughs> at somebody.
2: Uh, but I hearing I just, things there happen.
1: <laughs> I had the vibe. I knew it was happening. You just knew it. Someone was getting seriously vocally lashed. <laughs> Maybe. And uh, because I to
4: say pure speculation. Pure
1: speculation. At the other shows, he introduced the girls singing "Lost and Found." He's like, "Oh, here's the girls. They're gonna sing this song." But he didn't do it then because he was too busy screaming his head off, <laughs> which I think's hilarious. Okay, I'm done. <laughs>
2: For me personally, I had a bit of a moment when 1999 came on because that's like one of the first songs I really got into and obviously never having heard it live. When that came on and those big, I don't know what you call them, those big air pressure things go off, uh, that was yeah. pretty cool. That was a pretty cool moment. So the first
0: time you hear 1999 live is without any rhythm guitar. Yeah, <laughs> just,
1: it's still good. It's still great song. No, still it is. Awesome but
0: song. I wonder, and I think uh, it's got to be one of the rare, one of the very rare occasions where they just do it. Without any guitar, right? Well, how many I mean, I
1: times have you of... done Little Red Corvette without a guitar? Never. Well, what about Sign of the Times Tour? Yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah, but sense. that's not the full no. song, though. But anyway, we that was a splitting hairs now. Um... Okay,
1: before we get off the first show, Love, I Will Be Done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
2: that was That was right. unexpected. Unexpected.
1: We... Very unexpected. We... Unexpected, plus it was unexpected that he sang the lead vocal.
2: That's right. I remember that because I remember when it started, and then you realize, oh, it's love that will be done, and then you are thinking, oh, and then he's singing it like, oh wow, that's. As and soon it, as sounded- it,
1: started, it sounded. Started. I'm like, could this be? And then I thought, nah, it's got to be something else, and it was. <laughs> it was great. Yeah,
0: you know, when the when when the beat started, the first thing I thought of was um his cover of One of Us.
1: Yeah. It was. Yeah, so I thought of that. Or love that will be done. It's exactly the same beat.
0: Yeah, and then, um, and then he did it, and it was so soulful. With, with having his vocal on, they gave it this really kind of gospel feel, you know? Like, he's, he was doing some great stuff and some nice little guitar licks as well, and, and, and I think that's the only time that he sang the lyrics to that song on tour. All the other times they performed it, it was the girls. It was the girls. Mm.
4: Okay. He wanted to get that message out there. Mm.
1: And, and me, Togev, and Player, the first Sydney show was, you know, the first time we saw the sample set. Mm. <laughs> That's great, but that was the sick. first
2: time was. I really enjoyed it the first show. Yeah, the first time I was. I thought it was cool. great, and I the fact he did too. full versions of like he did full version of Doves' Cry, more or less a full version of Hot Thing. What else did he do? It was
1: forever in my life, he did a fair bit of that. Yeah, ass.
2: pretty much most of that with Chance.
1: All I the, right.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. No, I, I really liked it the first. You know, we paid out a lot on the show, but the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it. I'll save for what I thought about it the other times in the other reviews. <laughs> <laughs> And to finish with Peach at the first Sydney show after like a t-
1: like a fifteen maybe at least intermission that was nice too it was that a, was, it was nice wait he came back in the box
2: and it was a great version too
0: and he threw the guitar at the end yes that
4: was great it's- and like everyone gasping when the the, the guitar went in the air yeah. like oh, you could hear it and it was just great <laughs> he just bows and ends it it was great it was cool during Purple Rain. We've got to mention the Purple Rain story.
1: Was this yeah. the 25-minute one?
4: Yes, this is a long one. This is a, a real... long one. There was, some good, there was some good moments during this show. One was um, Sometimes It Snows in April with Andy McGee. Yeah. McGee. That,
2: really that
0: was really <laughs> good. Not to be confused with Bobby McGee.
4: <laughs> that was really good because, you know, having the two of them just jamming up on stage, just guitar, that was really,
0: really good. I have to say, not to interrupt you too much, but Andy McGee's Acoustic guitar was turned down uh, way, way too. Uh, yeah, yeah. You barely hear the the the, the, the thing. So. Yeah,
4: but it was good. Like uh, after that, like he was jamming on "Love like, That Will Be Done" and "Mountains" yeah. uh, and "Dance Electric." He was getting into like even though it was acoustic guitar and you couldn't hear it, he was still getting into it. So it was good seeing him as part of the MPG.
3: Mm.
4: But I have to talk about Purple Rain because it was the little moment that on the first night that Pitch and Black had with the MPG.
3: <laughs> so to,
4: to, to set the scene a bit, before the shows, we did our pre-tour podcast, and, you know, we get this email from the Prince camp with all these different messages about what, what we can expect for the tour. And one of them was Damaris Lewis being Prince's avatar. So during the show... On the first night, Purple Rain, it starts up, and if you can imagine the, if you're looking at the symbol where the piano is based, where we're seated right in front of that piano, and Demaris and the twins come out, and they sit on top of the piano, looking straight into the audience,
2: essentially so, blocking our view. Yeah, <laughs> they're blocking
4: the view of Prince <laughs> at least exactly. half an hour. Exactly. And this was the long version. It was like a really long version of Purple Rain. So instead of looking at Prince, we're looking directly at Damaris and the twins. And Lisa, so, and Lisa was that. there as well. Yeah, Lisa was there too. Yeah. So we just had to send a message. So I get on my phone and I pull up our Peach and Black logo and I'm waving it in front of their faces.
3: <laughs> and, then <I> ty-
4: <laughs> and then I typed up Avatar. And I'm waving avatar in front of Damaris' face. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and then she saw it because the next night on our Pitch and Black Facebook page she said I saw you guys so you know she's there we go. she she recognised us. So it was our little moment together. So Damaris, you- if you're listening
0: lucky you didn't put her off from the 25 minute um <laughs> pose. pose
4: that they were doing <laughs> they, were, they were pretty composed like you know i guess there was some sort but of i set. don't
2: think they did that any other show i don't remember like every other the first show they sat on that piano and just sort of like don't want to complain but it's like you know out from where we were we were just completely blocked they were just standing there they weren't like dancing or anything no they're just standing there motionless yeah,
4: it was uh, some sort of symbolism. I took it. So,
2: yeah. if it would
0: have been Andy McKee sitting on that piano, we wouldn't have been complaining. But the twins and Demaris Lewis, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> hey, I-, I wasn't complaining that much. <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, I love the view.
1: I could think of a lot worse things that could be blocking yeah, your view.
4: No, it was good. It was a great view. So, we want to say hi to Demaris and thanks for. Oh well, we're, we're keeping you entertained during the show, I guess.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn, <Harris> Lewis. <laughs> I've got to say, in cool, uh, including, uh, including Don't Stop Until You Get Enough, um, do do do. the best part <laughs> in that song, the best part in that song,
4: Two more which,
1: <laughs> which, which they did at every show, I think, about three quarters of the way through the song, Prince is like, drop out the
0: bass. Then
1: you've got a bit without bass. And then when Ida comes back in, she just does the funkiest thing you've ever heard. Oh,
0: yes, yes.
1: <laughs> and every time I think of that, I'm just like, are you serious? Because <laughs> he didn't cue her back in. She just came back in
0: whenever.
1: Yeah, the best. And she's like. <laughs> and, straight back into the song, and you're just like, come on.
0: It was like a descending bass slap. It was
1: ridiculous. Uh, it was so good. And then every show after that that I saw, I was just waiting for that yeah. part every time. That's, that's I love it the when the bass yeah. drops
2: out. That's the best. Yeah, that's you the fucking <laughs> Actually, yeah, every show I saw, I, I, when they got to that song, I'm like, oh, please do that drop the bass out bit. Please do that drop the bass out bit. Yeah. Because and they then did it's it going to come back yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but actually, I remember that first show, during that, he went over to his little synth and started playing some cool lines. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, that the, little, the red one, yeah. The little
2: Nord. Yeah. Nord oh, the Nord. The Nord keyboard. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that was awesome. And, you know, when he was doing that, to Gem, I thought, man, this sounds funky. This almost sounds like a, a, a some synth line out of Strange But True. Are they going to do it?
1: <laughs> Are they going to finally do that?
0: Oh, they could man. have gone into it, but they didn't.
1: Okay, so we can all agree it was a monster start to the tour.
0: Pretty oh, much, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't think he could have done it any better.
0: No. No chance. The, gu-
1: the guitar take, no, nothing else left to say about that.
0: So, <laughs> after night one... In Sydney we go into night two in Sydney and everyone's on a high princess in Australia the MPG in Australia they're on great form and um, yeah I mean spirits were just really really high and it was great by the way meeting everyone again before that second show at um, at the place to be the brewery, brewery. of course and uh, yeah and it was just so exciting I mean people were going nuts Actually, um, and couldn't wait for that second
2: night. So, um, and I love it the um, the meetups. I won't, I won't mention anyone in particular, but uh, I just love it the meetups. You get these really shady characters just coming up to you with this exclusive <laughs> info that you don't know. You're just like, what? What are you talking about? Like, you don't know. Like, are, are they serious? Or are they just nuts? And, like, you get like three or four people like that, and you're like, oh, All right, there's some perfect. crazy Prince fans out there. So,
0: <laughs> so with the tour underway. Everyone went into that arena again for Night 2 in Sydney. And guys, I have to preface it by saying I'm calling Night 2 in Sydney as the best all-round show I saw on this tour, Um, main show. I don't know about you guys, but this one blew
2: the roof Oh yeah, I'd it, probably it, agree. All round, all round, all
4: round. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But okay. we have to. We, we have to disclaimer. We haven't seen. We didn't go to all the shows. Yeah. So of the, all the shows yeah. that we went to, yeah, this would probably be the best one.
1: Well, we had
2: a we had a peach and black representative at every show except the first two Melbourne shows. Exactly.
1: And so Bennett Lane.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. But we but don't we count did, that. Well, that no, that it, never happened. That we didn't. We don't count that. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't speak of that ever again, do we? <laughs> it doesn't <it laughs> totally speak of this. So, okay, so
1: we've got to compare Night 2 to Night 1, don't we? It's just,
4: it was just a lot more tighter, and it was just like one big party. Yeah, this
2: really. was like
1: more the funk set.
2: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The first three songs, DMSR, Pop Life, Musicology, Prince in the Band.
1: Musicology was actually great, and I'm not a huge fan of that song, but it was really good. It was incredible. Yeah. It was... I surprised myself. Prince surprised me. Oh,
2: when really DMSR crazy. opened the show, that oh. was a moment. Like, the crowd just went off then, and I remember everyone just, like, instantly on their feet, and then, you know, the twins do their little thing with those trumpets, trumpets, and then he yeah. comes up from the middle, and it's just everyone's just going nuts.
4: But, that like, was, I was expecting, like, you know, the thunderstorm for 20 minutes, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but it just went bang, up. straight into DMSR. Yeah. You know, it's
1: like, ah,
2: oh, all and, right. Get on your seat. Get to your yeah. seat. Yeah. yeah.
1: DMSR
0: on steroids, though super funky version too.
1: That was the weird thing because night one started supposed to start at eight. I think it started about eight forty, and then night two again supposed to start at eight started like eight oh two. It was like you know he was on time. It was it was unheard of. Yeah, couldn't believe it. But the weird thing was the first Sydney show got it got some good reviews, but it got some average reviews as well. And I think Prince might have seen those. And then he came out this second night, and he he was ready to to get some good reviews,
0: yeah as as I said at the end of that show when we were all walking away um to catch our ride. captain's right, the kid was on rare form that night he yeah. was he was really on something, so on the purple kool-aid
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have to mention days of wild too oh. uh, I remember because um. We had what was it? Me, player, and captain. MC was a bit further down, but we were we were a bit further back this night. And I actually, I actually felt the two shows I saw a bit further back. I thought they were just as amazing seats, just as good, just different perspectives. Yeah. Um, but you could see more of the you could see more of the light show. You got a better sense of what was happening all around. But I do remember this one moment. We had these two young guys next to us, and, and a lot of people around us, obviously. And the moment Days of Wild started. They all went straight to their seats, and the three of us were just straight up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. Like, that's when you can tell the real Prince fans. You know. Stuck it yeah. like a sore thumb. <laughs>
4: yeah. And having Wild and Loose thrown in there as well.
2: Yeah. Man, wow. That was Again. the jam of the, of the tour, really. Like, the Days of the Wild, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, extended versions, lots of jamming on the bass. They mixed Ain't
0: Nobody into it as well, I think, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was good. It was just super jam. But, you know, even before they got to Days of Wild, he had DMS Up, you know, jazzy version of Pop Life, musicology with rhythm guitar and little bluesy licks, and then Prince and the Band, which I have to say, before I heard the particular version they did in Sydney Night 2, I'm really not a fan. Ah, I've always liked it. Killed it. Yeah. Killed it. Yeah. Killed it. And then after killing that, they go into Shush. And oh, killed pow- it. <laughs> Pound for Pound, that's one of the best versions I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it was good. It was good. You know. And then,
4: and then you had things like um, you know before even getting to the sampler set, he did the piano set. Where, yeah, you know, got, the, we got both. Yeah, we got both. We actually played the piano, and that
2: was. And really I remember the piano set that night. He had like it wasn't a piano sound; it was like a Rhodes yeah. sort of sounds. Yeah, and that was really
1: different. That was good. So we, I've got to say, you know, with the piano set, he started with the door. He did a fair bit of that, but the crowd was just like, yeah, okay. No, Sydney crowds like that a bit. And he did a couple of minutes of adore, and if that was in America, they would be screaming their heads off. And then he plays like eight seconds of Diamonds and Pearls, and everyone goes mental. Mm. I'm like, come on!
0: That must have been a bigger album in Australia, Diamonds. I know, it yeah. just it was. Just a, yeah, it
1: was just a it was bizarre. <laughs> well,
0: I have to say, nothing compares to you and Shelby Johnson. Oh! one of the, oh, one yes. Of the highlights.
4: Yes, of that second night. Oh, that was that. The, I had a moment there during that song where I thought, "Yeah, that's that's why Shelby's in the band. She just killed it." But what I didn't understand was that whole show. She wore sunglasses the whole show, <laughs> the whole night, and I didn't know why. And I was, um, neither did
0: she. Shelby's got Shelby's got an, an amazing voice, right? But um, she killed it that night. An amazing voice is not enough, you know. There are heaps of people out there in the world that can sing, but I think what she brings in addition to having an amazing voice is that feeling like it's really, especially nothing compares to you. It just, it got so soulful that I really felt the emotion in, in her singing. And, yeah. you know, I experienced that for the first time at North Sea Jazz in Holland, and I saw it again this time. And there's just something very special about her when she really turns on, you know. Um, and she's done that a couple times on, or, or numerous times on songs like Misty Blue and, and Angel and... Oh, yeah, I'll get to that when we get to the, one of the Brisbane shows. I, I just, yeah, she really cuts through, you know. And we, we speak a lot on our show about how how soulful a singer Prince is. And Shelby J really deserves
2: a lot of props there. She, and, she cups um, a lot of flack in the fan community for, for being the, the party starter. Mm. The and,
1: hype machine.
2: But really, that, that's what she's there to do.
4: I don't think anyone disagrees that she's good. I think yeah. the fan, the other fans don't like it when she takes over the show sometimes. I saw a
2: great comment by someone and it was basically like, you know, Shelby's not that good until you're actually there at the concert. Oh, yeah, makes I mean, it's like, maybe. I,
4: I was like you got to pretty- see it to believe it sort of thing.
0: The thing oh. is, Shelby's got probably one of the hardest jobs on tour as a oh, performer yeah. because she needs to be there all the time on point to to get the party started to hype the crowd. To yeah. keep them involved To get the hand claps To get the cheers going Then she's got her own numbers And in addition to that She's doing backup vocals mm. And all all You know Waving the flag Everything It's just high Intensity energy And when you see her live You really see What she brings to the table So yeah I, I completely agree with that
1: And she's only little Yeah <laughs> She's not tall,
0: aren't they all?
4: But yeah, I didn't. That didn't hit me until like the second night. During nothing compares to you. The first night, like I thought it was good, but second night it was just like wow. Yeah, they
0: know. knocked it out the park, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I remember when they were singing that the second night. I I was watching the screen, and those two were like face to face. You could see the smile on his face. He was just really enjoying, you know, just listening to her. Yeah, and he, he was having fun.
0: Yeah. So that that second night was incredible. Oh. And, you know, they did Controversy, Kiss, Purple Rain, Let's Go Crazy, all that kind of stuff. Then the sampler set, but it was high intensity, high energy. And then that on, second hang night,
4: on, hang on, sampler set, we had to set. say Pheromone. pheromone. Oh, <laughs> can't
0: believe it.
2: Pheromone. It, it, oh, it, come it. on. What, 20 seconds of it? Yeah, uh, still, I think it was a bit more
0: than that, but it was only so instrumental, so though. But it was so still what cool here. The reference,
1: but what a random. The reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And also, to a- Dance For Me, the dance, dance mix. For me.
4: That's when, like, the whole arena turned into, like, you know, like a rave, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I was
4: <laughs> and awesome. just, like, you know, it's, like, oh, this is thumping, you know? I so, really liked
0: that. It was yes, like being at
2: a dance party, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: then we got a bit of shockadelica as well.
2: Yeah. Shockadelica. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the sample set the first night, and I'll leave it there. <laughs> Come on, man.
4: It was good. No, it was all was right, still- but it's
2: like, I could go home and play them myself on a (laughs) loudspeaker. But
4: you know what, the the good thing about the sampler set is, like, it gives the rest of the show, he can throw in, like, some obscure older songs or album tracks, and then the sampler set covers, like, all the hits, so basically, as someone walks away, he's done sort of his job, he's done When Doves Cry, he's done Son of the Times, he's done, you know, The Most Beautiful Girl in
2: the World. You know, like and like then, I said, I, once, liked, I liked it when he did the fuller versions of them, but when he yeah. just does like 10, 20 seconds, it's just a tease. I'm like, oh, yeah, a, whatever. a tease. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. A sampler teaser set. Yeah. Um, something else I got from that second show, because remember we were talking about Cool the night before, and I remember really early on he brought up like, you know, the people from the Purple Circle up to dance, yeah. and I remember thinking that was good, but I wanted to see it uh, proper. And I remember that second night he did cool, and he didn't bring any dancers up. And I thought it was so much better because it just when they got to that bit we're all talking about, like it was just Prince Shelby and the and the dancers doing that little dance they do. Yeah, uh, and that was cool.
4: No, second night he did have dancers. It was the
2: third that he did. But it. not in the not in the cool section. I can't, he might have brought them up later, but I can't. remember. It wasn't during it cool.
4: It was. It was let's work.
2: Okay. Ah. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, um, and you got the look when he, Demaris Lewis was up oh, with the he got photographer. The look. Yeah, that was, that was kind of funny great. to see all that. So. I, yeah. I thought they were going about to
0: go straight into 3.19 when I saw that. I th- yeah. Things were going to get nasty.
1: <laughs> no one mentioned, Nobody mentioned the question of you yet, even though it was like 20 seconds. Oh,
2: so much in this tour, it, I can't it was remember.
1: Nice. <laughs> it was just nice to hear that, even though it was short. Did, what,
0: did this tour even happen, or are we just dreaming about this? I don't <laughs> know anymore.
1: <laughs> I've got to say, the second Sydney show ha- did have a weird end. He ended with, let's go crazy, delirious.
0: Let's go crazy coda, but Let's the go thing, crazy but yeah. the thing is that it was it was um high intensity stuff. I remember those mm. that part that ending of the show being very very powerful and very electric, like his guitar playing was off the chain, and he finished with a massive solo and a massive um massive ending with with John Eater and Prince just you know all go, all going mm. nuts. We forgot Let's to tell mention, the story <laughs> we got forgot
4: to mention in in the second Sydney show. The Sydney Opera House Reference.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. So, okay.
4: and he's like, the Sydney Opera House is across from his room. And I'm thinking, yeah, and... <laughs> and I'm just waiting, like, come on, let's just keep going. He's going to get to Peach and Black eventually, you know, and he's like, you know, <laughs> I hope to play there one day, and it's like, yeah, and... Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah he never said it, but he like he, I mean, he alluded to it, so you know he knows Undo. about it, it's out there, yeah,
1: I Undo. think that's as much reference as he's going to give us, you know, you know, in front of twenty thousand people, yeah <laughs> which Probably. is good enough for me, good enough uh, for me,
0: yeah, it would have been um an opera house show would have been out of this world. Uh, and you kind of wonder now—is uh, it's such an iconic venue as we've spoken about so many times? But you wonder: would they make the trip? Would he make the trip out here just for a few nights at the Sydney Opera House? I don't. I don't know.
1: Well, a few people have, are calling it. You know, 2015. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see.
0: So, uh, well, there isn't much time. Well, Second, we're only up to the second Sydney show, I, I guess. All you know, all four of us saw, saw both of those shows, so it's all. Um, you know, and that was the, those were the first two shows of the tour. So you everything was kind of a surprise in a way. Um, mm. yeah, it was really fresh, and it was great to see. It was great to see that. You know.
1: So that was um, the eleventh and twelfth of May.
0: Yeah, we um we we ran away after the end of that second night uh, probably quicker than Prince and the NPG we were like doing, that's the, right. doing the whole after show thing that's right the Mad Scramble us- Mad Scramble volume one
4: you want to yeah. tell the story MC uh,
0: well all I can remember is running player I just remember bolting and everyone <laughs> just going nuts and I think well, I was um, yelling out loudly to anyone who wanted to listen the kid was on rare form that night
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'll set up the story then Basically, after the second show, there was the Ivy After Show. But in a weird sort of twist, they put the tickets on sale for this show on the at, first night on Ticketek. I've five, never heard.
1: At 5.30 p.m.
4: PM. Yeah. when everyone's flying like at the time. Way,
1: when everyone's on their way, to, way the to the venue for the first show. So and I'm thinking, who's buying these tickets? Mm. All the fans are here or they're on their way here. It was ridiculous.
4: So if you can imagine this, we've got a Peach and Black meetup at the brewery, which is near the All Arena. We get there and all the people that are there waiting for us say, there's an after show at the Ivy and it's sold out. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> that was what? our introduction. Yeah, we're like, what? What the hell's going on? So, yeah. And then after that second show, everyone's just racing to the Ivy, including us, not knowing if we'd be let in or not hmm. until MC gets a message on his phone. <laughs> which I, I conveniently recorded <laughs> on camera which I'll put up on our YouTube site
1: soon. Yeah, watch out for that video. We're not gonna say anything about it now, but you can <laughs> it. it's 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 a good video. It's,
0: it's
4: the moment when we realise we get we're we're getting into the Ivy.
0: <laughs> it was that's great... bringing back a lot of good memories. I can't remember exactly what happened but I think it got a bit crazy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <No>, it did. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember you're like- feeling slightly safer in Captain's car, speeding around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't because he was driving.
4: Exactly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: exactly. So we get this. We get this thing saying,
0: you know, you're, you're all sorted for the Ivy, and uh, we, we, you know, we were on cloud nine at that stage. And, and we get in, and you know, they're setting up, and all the people start rolling in, and it starts packing, and starts getting pretty full. Uh, and then the band start doing sound check, and they're testing the drums, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and
4: DJ Rashida,
0: yeah. And then DJ Rashida starts spinning, and then you know that's when a bit of atmosphere starts happening, which is really cool. Uh, and then the band kind of start playing over the top of a couple of songs. I think "Sexy Dancer" from Memory. And then the show kind of started. Um, Shelby J and the other the other MPG ladies started a few cover songs, and while Prince was behind the speaker,
1: yeah, Prince he, was he, hiding in the back like with his microphone, like singing those yeah, songs.
4: Yeah, occasionally he'd pop up and sing a few lines, but he wasn't really on stage the first bit of it.
2: Yeah, the first half was pretty much a, an MPG show, really. Yeah. Well which maybe was the first good. half, a good a good
4: chunk at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, good. It show. It was entertaining, but like a lot of the I guess the non fans would just keep yelling out Prince, Prince, we want to see Prince. But I was having a ball, so mm. Yeah,
0: it yeah. was it was cool because um it was very loose and it was like an you know, it was it's an after show, it's an after jam. So they were playing some funky things. I think I heard snippets of mutiny and Prince got yeah. on, on yeah. the bass at one point. He took the bass off of um Ida and, and he did the parts to America. That was cool to hear
2: that's right and he did some I can't remember what song it is the bass line goes I think it's a James Brown song
0: uh, is it uh, oh, I can't remember Soul Power no no not Soul Power maybe something like that. Oh, uh, is it I Got Soul maybe yeah, yeah it, I think so, I, mean,
1: so. I, know, I, know I Know You Got Soul, got soul did he soul, do yeah. that maybe yeah he did do that he did do that Get On The Good Foot maybe yeah,
2: yeah, yeah he it's he one did, of those one did. of those old James Brown ones that, yeah. he did
1: was, I Know You Got Soul so and then now I think that
0: went into Party Man and they did all the Party Hardy stuff and then they redid the jam of the year money boogie woogie section from the yeah. main show and Damaris yeah. was dancing like crazy shaking her thing shaking her money maker some of the fans got up too that
4: yeah was that cool. was cool.
2: right
0: yeah
1: Nicky. Nicky. Nicky, was up there. Juanita yeah. got up there.
2: Yeah, that was really Excellent. good. Yeah. I'll tell you we, my highlight from this show.
0: We were going to get up there, but we ain't got no booty. <laughs> I was
2: <laughs>
1: a spot. I That's had a, a maybe, best but... spot. I was not moving.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah. No. We, well, we. I had pretty good. We all had pretty good spots, actually. Yeah, we did. But That's actually, great. the my highlight from this show was just the bit. I can't remember what. There was a break after a song. And the crowd really started getting pumped, like, come on, we want prince, we want prince. Like he was kind of doing stuff, but not really. And you know, the crowd's gone a bit more nuts. We want prince, we want prince. And Lisa's like, who do you want? (laughs) Who want prince? (laughs) Who do you want? (laughs) And then out of nowhere you hear this crazy voice. It's Prince doing some impression, like,
1: We got got to play his theme song. (laughs) (laughs) We got to play his theme song. And it's like, what the hell? (laughs) And then they play his theme (laughs) punk. And then
2: out of nowhere they start playing some Rihanna song, "Rude, Rude Boy." Like, what the hell? It was just hilarious. That whole moment was like just so funny, and the, the fact it was just so like, spontaneous. And just they just you know the MPG were having a big laugh about it. Like yeah. it's
4: hilarious. Uh, those synths on "Rude Boy," killer, absolute killer. I love it.
0: <laughs> the MPG ladies were getting crunk to that. <laughs> no, they were. And um and then he comes on. I remember this actually. Now I'll tell you, Jim. He comes on and he straps in and he starts doing the on the on guitar to play that funky music riff. Yeah. And that and then things got really interesting because they um they went into brown skin and Shelby. I I, I messaged her the, the next morning. I said, you really, you know, I thought you nailed. Nothing compares to you, but she. Nailed brown skin twice over. It was incredible. Yeah. And then Seal came on towards the end of that, and, and ah,
2: don't don't start with him. Did it, yeah. Shelby with Shelby J and Seal. It should have been bald skin.
0: <laughs> bald skin <laughs> What a feeling oh, We gotta we got do a Peach and Black covers album We got bald skin We got bread We'll tell you guys About that one later
1: No, before, um, before we get Talking about Seal I thought him On brown skin It wasn't too bad Yeah, yeah,
2: right. yeah no that was yeah,
1: okay good, That yeah. was his one Moment I thought Yeah okay He's not too bad But then it sort of, Then it just got worse And worse <laughs>
4: Yes yeah.
1: And he just started, like, singing random lines from any song he could think of.
4: Yeah. Can I just say, I really like Seal. I like, you know, Killer and Crazy and Kiss From A Rose. I like all his, his stuff. But when he starts singing other people's stuff, not on. Not on. It's just not on. Because, like, like today, oh, not today, but during this, during this Ivy show, he was just pulling up any random Prince song that he could think of and just... Trying to start it up, and he would start it and not finish it, or the band would cut him off, and then he tried a different
2: song. It was yeah, very he just, much like he was trying to prove to Prince that he knew his songs. But I just, think he wants to be part of the MPG. Don't you get that yeah. impression? Oh, exactly, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone he, does those.
1: he wanted to prove to Prince that he knew the songs, but he kept singing the wrong lyrics. That was a funny <laughs> thing. But
4: see, but see, Flavor Flav had the idea. He'd get up and you would sing "No my Mind is a joke, you know.
1: Flavor
2: Flav. <laughs> that was a highlight. Watching, watching Prince. It's just get really excited on the bass
1: yeah he was really having fun in that he was jamming on that he almost broke a heel because <laughs> he was standing yeah. right in front of me he was standing like facing that amp yeah. most of that song it was, and it was just it was just him and Morris and Ada like in that corner yeah that's and right and he just kept looking between them and you could see his face he was just having so much fun and then you'd see him look over at Morris, and he'd just have this look on his face like this is funky. Nine one one is and a he was joke. was like, right in front of me. It was great. Well, the the whole place
0: became became a house party, massive house party when nine one one came on. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah.
4: It was a real um, highlight for me because of you know I listened to a lot of Public Enemy, and you know having Prince and Public Enemy, like because yeah. during that show, like half an hour before he came out, I, l- I looked behind Prince and um, Chuck D was out on that balcony there. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, if if Chuck D comes out tonight, you know,
1: gonna lose it. I'm going to
2: lose it. But then, but then, but then. uh um...
1: trees catching a lot of wind hurt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, undisputed. If they did Undisputed, I'd be losing it.
0: Undisputed yeah. yeah. are not strange, but true. You would be losing it. Because if you're like.
2: ah, <laughs> oh, Undisputed. I love that too. So.
4: But like, um, Chuck never came out. And Chuck was just chilling. So, Flav came chill. out. Yeah. Which is still good. I mean, I love Flav
1: as well. Crazy. And he had his clock. I was happy and to it, see the clock.
4: Yeah, he's always got the clock. And the he, was that, he,
0: he, he got the time about right. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning. At that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was great. Was a real highlight for me. And and I think the undisputed highlight, undisputed, was um, the last three tracks. Ah, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, for sure. Were this you guys is, like me? Really
1: the, this was the Prince show. Now the last yeah. yeah. By tracks. this stage
0: it was yeah. This yeah. was the last kind of twenty-five minutes, half an hour, and it was pretty much all Prince. But wow, I'm I'm really getting a bit. I'm having a bit of a moment right now, just th- thinking about it, because I can remember standing next to Toe Jam and. We're standing next to each other, and both of us are looking at the stage like zombies. Like, we're not not—we're just not looking away. And <laughs> Prince is on the guitar, and you can hear him start these chords off. And I'm thinking, what? This sounds like
1: colonized mind. I, uh, that's right. You know, when I heard that, I thought that you would think this was colonized mind. I wasn't sure if it was, but as soon as I heard that, I'm like, MC is going to lose it right now.
2: Yeah. I remember that, actually. We looked at each other, and we were both, like, at the same time, like, oh, this is yeah. colonized mind. Yeah, and then two seconds later we're like, "Oh no, it's not! What is it?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: when he started with that, it was only last June lyrics. I um, I think we looked at each other again, and it was like, "Oh, MJ. my gosh, <laughs> artichoke!"
4: <laughs> when we got that that email from. MPG, I guess saying that you know this slowed down version of I could never take the place of your man yeah. it never showed up in night one and never showed up in night two right? and then I was thinking well when are we going to hear this version and then when he started playing it Ivy, it's like ah here it is this is what yeah, we were yeah. you know he was talking about so was that was too, really good the crowd, it was a good moment
2: yeah the crowd was singing along
1: and yeah. Huge guitar solo. Oh man. And you know
4: what? Everyone's talking about that guitar that he had that Vox guitar and saying how it's oh, yeah. you know a bit of a generic guitar, but the tonality of that guitar mm. and the sustain that he was getting out of it that thing rocked, man. I don't yeah. care what the hell it looked like. It sounded amazing, that guitar. Because I remember all- when we saw
2: that guitar, a lot of people saying, oh, it's like a house guitar, it's not actually his. But yeah, then yeah. he used it for the rest of the tour, and it's, it must be his now.
1: Because so. I thought pretty much all the gear at Ivy was just rented, you know, for, for the night. Yeah. It was house stuff, and then that but, turned out to be his guitar.
4: But, you know, during the main shows in Sydney, I think Ida, when she wasn't on the bass, she was playing Fox oh, yeah. guitars, so... I don't, know, I don't think it's an endorsement or anything, but, you know, whatever model he was playing, it sounded great. Like, he should have used that the whole tour. I mean, nothing against the Honor, like, guitar, that's, you know, killer as well. But, the, like mm-hmm. I said, the tone that he was getting out of it and the sustain. I,
1: oh, I, man, I just don't like the, awesome. tele, the Telecaster for solos, like, big yeah. solos. I, I, it doesn't do it.
4: The telly the telly's good for rhythm.
1: It's great for rhythm. Great for the Minneapolis funky sound. But for controversy, yep.
4: All of that
1: solos you need you need a cloud or a cymbal guitar or a vox, it seems. Yeah. One of those is fine.
4: Yeah. That's great.
1: Oh and he had that the white, you know, that Oswald he had guitar he had that guitar in the rack, but I don't think he used it once. I was so hoping he'd pull that out.
2: He like had he, it there just for you, Captain, just so you can... I
1: know, every time I saw it, I'm like, come on, get off the telly and play it.
3: <laughs> but he
1: it. Every time I saw it, it's, that, that's the tease, forget the sampler set. Just having that guitar in the rack, oh, made me sad every time I saw it. Anyway, Never Take the Place of Your Man, and then...
0: Can I just, well, can I just quickly go back to I can Never Take the Place of Your Man for a second, because... That, um, that was one of the greatest performances, live performances I've ever witnessed because we were so close. We were all yeah. like a meter and a half away from the guy when he's just destroying that guitar as we've just spoken about. But yeah. the, the, my favorite part of that solo and the thing that really got me... Tearing up? Yeah, I was tearing up but I was, I was, I was possessed by the sound was that he got to the, the halfway through the solo and he, and he just started playing like... Two notes, these two notes, just picking at these two strings. And, you know, ordinarily you'd think, oh, well, that doesn't sound that great. But the the amazing thing about it was he was getting all, you know, he was stepping on the effect pedals and he was was going off. But the physical motion, the physicality, if that's a word, and, and the expression on his face, it just it really got you into that moment. And I just... I I can remember it vividly now and thinking, wow, he is really feeling this. And um, I have to say just very quickly that Prince is one of the few guitar players in the world, in any genre, I think, that manages to transcend his instrument every time he plays a solo, you know? He just Mm. has that ability. Forget about the technical prowess and, and, and just general feel, but he actually... It's like, you know, he's not just playing the guitar as an instrument. He's playing it as a part of him an extension of himself, you know. And a lot of people have said that, but that was just... Oh, I don't know about yeah, you guys. It's,
2: it's as natural as, to him as singing is. Like, Yeah. yeah. It's part of him, Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, sorry. And then it, that goes into um, one of my favorite songs of all time, Captain.
1: The best part about this was when the way he started the song. I don't think even John knew that he was going to play this because... Hmm. Prince stepped up onto, he was up on a little riser, and he started like miming, played this beat. Air drum. That's right. Yeah. And Blackwell watched him for like about probably 10 seconds. And then it was, She's Always in My Hair. Oh, oh,
4: man. How great was
1: that? That had some unbelievable guitar as well.
0: Yeah, and
4: the guitar. I don't know
1: what else I I can say about that.
0: Yeah, I don't know what to say. It just was smoking, wasn't it? And, and the crowd, the crowd in the first kind of few rows, if, if you can call it rows, were really into that. They were singing the whole Ballad of Dorothy Parker um, chorus, and they were also singing the She's Always in My Hair bits. and The
1: ones, the ones that knew the words, anyway. Yeah,
0: well, I turned around, and I, I saw, like, tens and tens of people behind me just singing it, and and one girl behind me, one girl a woman, she was bawling her eyes out at the end of Ballad of Dorothy Parker. And I mean... Like bowling her Is eyes. Is that out.
1: because Seal was singing it? <laughs> no, <laughs> he
0: wasn't singing that.
1: <laughs> he was crying. No, he was crying.
0: No, she was. She was absolutely bawling her eyes out. And then she's always in my hair. Came off, and I reckon um, <laughs> she probably she was this close, very close to going into cardiac arrest. And so many other people were like really feeling it. So yeah, she's always in my hair. Well, you know, she's always in my hair was voted one of the top twenty Prince songs of all time on our show, and that's right. And yep. it, is, it is an incredible song for so many reasons, but hearing it a f- couple of metres away from you at the Ivy in Sydney was extra special.
1: And then we finish with, just instrumental, Dreamer. Wow. Yeah. That, and that was just like, uh, oh, probably wasn't that long, maybe three, four minutes of just insane guitar.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, like instrumental. Jimi yeah. Hendrix came back from the dead for about five minutes then. Yeah.
1: But the best thing about it was at the end, he just put the guitar down on the floor and it was just
0: Uh, your feedback yeah
1: and it probably went for maybe a minute or two and then like uh, you know Prince had already gone off the stage half half of them were off the stage and a guitar tech came and he was yeah and he
4: was about to take it away and then Morris kicks him off and then lays a towel on top of the guitar and (laughs) smokes it yeah that was great
1: he's like don't touch it don't touch it it's too hot it's too hot yeah (laughs) like a big towel over it Uh, (laughs) oh right that was the best end to, to a show, Yeah. was that.
0: I think we were all pinching ourselves, thinking, what have we just witnessed? And you should have seen the looks of on the people that were there. You know, so many people left after the end of Dreamer, and probably about 100, 150 hardcore fans just stood around, looking at each other, going, what just we- happened? Yeah. <laughs> Did we just witness that? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it was my first after show, and player?
2: Yeah, mine too, yep. Yeah. Oh wow! That yeah, was great. Extra special. Toe Jam. It's great. No, you, no, was you used my saw second. something. On. I saw one in L.A. Yeah, so it was my second one. I can't say which one was my favorite. So, but yeah, it was an amazing experience.
1: It did, uh, but you know, but, but it wasn't all great. We can't, we can't say that.
2: Well, there's but, a lot of cameras just constantly going off, and I think Prince. Oh, the, Occasionally, the, the, yeah. The, it, occasionally, the you got really... the impression that that Prince wasn't too happy with the cameras and. I remember. I can't remember when it was. Halfway through the show, he like deliberately looked at the audience. Like, "Are you guys? Can you keep flashing?" And then he just put these dark sunnies on. Like, "Oh well, that's what's yeah. going to happen."
1: And then we all we all saw it when he grabbed some guy's phone. He was. I think it was a security guy. He was standing right in front of him filming. Yeah. Prince just uh-huh. grabbed his phone and just chucked it backstage. It was the funniest thing.
4: Yeah, but <laughs> it was, was kind of so- like. It, it was kind of like, you know, what are the security there for? I think the security thought their description was no one to rush the stage, which no one would do that. Everyone knows, know, like, respects the
1: space. Back. Security was only there to keep Justin Hems in the front row. That was it. <laughs> well, Liberty's probably. his bag girlfriend.
4: Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> Whoa!
4: But they just thought, like, they were there to protect Prince. But, like... You know, Prince fans aren't really like that. They know <clears throat> how to respect the space and everything. But, you know, there, there was that security guard. I don't know what the one you're talking about. He was just standing there directly next to him. And the space would only be about 30 centimeters. There's a guy with an iPhone filming it. And Prince just walks over and snatches it off him and throws it backstage.
0: The Which funny I, thing- I, I,
4: like the message to me that was like, you know, I'm doing your job for you sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The just <laughs>
4: like, thing- you know, do, do your job which they yeah. didn't do pretty much they, they, all night
1: they didn't, they didn't get the memo about no cameras obviously even though there were big signs downstairs hmm
4: but I mean I can, I can understand how frustrated he is he's trying to do a show they're, they've got a job to do and they're not doing it and then he's doing their job for them like you know I'd be pretty annoyed at that too so
0: the, the funny thing and I don't know if my memory serves me correct here but I remember Prince going over to that side and he was playing I think rhythm at that point um, just some rhythm lines and he kind of he must have noticed the guy filming him but instead of going going over there and snatching it out of his hand straight away I got the impression he kind of went over there and um, used the guy as bait a little bit you know kind of said oh yeah you you like like how I'm playing guitar, do you? And so the guy just kept filming, and Prince kept getting closer, closer, closer. And then when he got within reach, he just looked at him and quickly took it out of his hand. And I was cracking up, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that's that is an, a classic moment, you know.
4: It is because he, then he turns around and he's strumming the guitar more. But then he looks back at him and he gives this like evil, evil laugh to him. Yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't. Laughed, it was, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like he snatched it out of his hand in in a sort of. Well, I guess he was annoyed, but it wasn't, you know, you it was did sort of out of the
0: The thing is, why would anyone want to spend their whole time filming that? Yeah, yeah. a show. Yeah. Exactly. Why would you do that? It loses but them
1: worse that. than that was not that they were just filming the show, but they, they were turning with their back to Prince yeah. just so they could take a photo with him in the picture.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> this is stupid. And that
1: happened like every 10 seconds, everywhere I looked.
0: I guess that's what. I th- sometimes that's what happens when you play exclusive venues, because the Ivy Club and especially the, that the ballroom part of it was more fairly exclusive club in Sydney. Well, and-
2: isn't? I heard that there was four hundred tickets sold for fans and four hundred of the Ivys people, basically. Pretty much, yeah. And so I would have a guess and say most of those people doing that were the Ivys people. He, I don't know, yeah. I could be wrong. but no, no, It wasn't, think,
3: certainly
0: I wasn't like that right. any of
2: the other up shows. So. I think no. you're
0: right. Most Prince yeah. fans were singing along and they were having a good time, if not all of them. And you had all these people coming in, taking photos with their friends. You know, I saw people Twittering saying, oh, you'll never believe where I am Oh, I'm at the... You know, and it just spoils the fun for everyone. But without dragging on too much about that, just slight, some slight criticisms, that Ivy after show, especially the last half an hour... I don't know about you guys, but I'll never forget that. That was yeah, that was great. One a more moment, moment to treasure.
2: One more moment. I can't remember what song. It was the end of a song. He's like doing like a big guitar lick or something, and then there's the stop, and he's about to cue the band back in for the big Vegas ending. And just before he does, he puts on this massive like Cheshire cat grin. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Just like, oh, you know I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, Bang, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That was cool.
1: But anyway, Ivy was my first after show. Yeah. I'm just trying to ignore all the idiots who are in the crowd and just remember the show as as great as it was. Yeah, that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, I agree sports. with you. Then. Because yeah. if, if you yeah you know, if you keep thinking about all those stupid people, it'll just totally ruin my memory of it. So you, you, so Sydney got
0: their official sure after show, um, and then uh, you know the MPG went straight into Melbourne. They did a show on the 14th and the 15th, and by all accounts, uh, another couple of great shows, I think very similar set lists to the first two mm. Sydney shows. Um,
4: but they got Chuck D and Slaves. at oh, main yeah, okay. show. Yeah. Which, yeah, I would have loved to have seen, but they wouldn't have rocked up to the first shows in Sydney anyway because they, a Public Enemy were playing the same night as Prince. Ah, so. uh,
0: okay. Yeah,
4: whereas when they um, in Melbourne they, their show was on like on a different night, so they had the availability to do the main show, so.
2: Just looking through the set list, obviously, we didn't have a peach and black representative there that night, unfortunately, but um, looking through the set list of the first one, it seems pretty similar to the first show, but he's got, he's got, I, I could never take the place of your man. He's also got, she's always in my hair and Dreamer, in the encore, so obviously, at the after show, is a bit of a rehearsal, or maybe the fact that they went off pretty well, he thought, well, I'll put them in the main show never know.
4: Mr. Goodnight in the sampler set? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah probably eight,
1: eight seconds of it. <laughs>
2: yeah, but still, like, pulling That's up. all you need for that song, isn't it? So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, all you need is a sampler Actually,
2: I remember lots of people posting after the second show that the highlight was the, the uh, encore of Days of Wild. Apparently that went off. Oh, but oh,
1: we'll oh, never days, know. Oh, days of Wild's going to go off every time.
2: And, yeah. and by that stage really after
0: the second Melbourne show and as they were traveling to um Brisbane for the first Brisbane night it was halfway through the tour you know because it's eight ma- eight main concerts they had played for and the fifth one was on the 18th of May in Brisbane at the Brisbane Entertainment Center out mm-hmm. in Boondle. and you two were there were there yeah so tow jam you know what this this is this was your hometown my hometown um, I think Take the floor. Was that the first time you saw him in Brizzy?
2: Yeah, yeah. First time. Yeah, it's your floor. Okay. Well, a couple of things. Um, I'm going to start by saying that this was my favorite performance by Prince. Um, He just seemed really into it this night, especially, I guess the highlight obviously is this guitar set he did, the really rockin' guitar stuff, Shush, Another Lover with that extended outro, Empty Room. Uh, that was just insane, all that stuff. He was right onto it. He had this... I can't remember exactly what he was wearing, but it just kept reminding me of the controversy video, Uh, just like this all-black trench coat kind of thing, and it just looked really cool, and he's just skipping down the stage, doing the most insane guitar licks ever (laughs) on um, Another Lover. So, yeah, I thought this was the best performance that he did himself. Also, in the piano set, they did a full version of How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore, and that was amazing. Like, that was the full, you know, screaming... the crowd and the echoes that he does like that Mm -hmm. was unbelievable my only thing with this show was that it was just insanely loud and distorted now, it could have been from where I was sitting. I had pretty good seats pretty close to the stage, but it did kind of slightly ruin it for me a bit. It was just, like, there were a few moments in the show where I literally had to put my fingers in my ears. It was just insanely loud. Um, and I've heard a lot of other people that went to that show who yeah, said the same thing. Yeah, it
1: wasn't just you. There was, like, yeah. obviously not being now I was sitting home on the internet mm. that doesn't exist and just looking at all the people going, oh, this sounds horrible.
2: Yeah, it was a and bit... And I'm like, what? I was a bit disappointed. But thankfully, the, I'll... They fix that up a bit in the next Brisbane show. But other than that, I thought, you know, the show itself was, was great. I can't fault the show. Uh, and especially, again, you know, being so different from the others, like mainly that guitar section, I guess. And I don't know, I think, personally, I thought the crowd in Brisbane were more into it than they were in Sydney. I agree. <laughs> um and I think that's mainly just because of the the nature of the of the venue. It's a bit closer, it's a bit smaller. It was all phones just this, you know, massive thing that people sort of get
1: lost in the, in the outer outer sections. I'll agree and I wasn't even there. <laughs> but Sydney audiences, you know, I think they just think they're too cool.
4: Cool, yeah, that's
1: it. They're too cool for school, you know. Yeah. Don't Maybe. don't put yourself out, don't clap too much, don't shout too yeah. loud. And well, I just don't get that.
2: I don't think Australian crowds in general are as insane as like americans or, or even some of the european yeah. countries but i thought True. brisbane you know i was really proud after that i was like yeah you know brisbane brought the funk so yeah <laughs> a couple of other bits i've got he did a bit of darling Nikki in this in the sample set but unlike others he actually sang a little bit of it Ooh. he got about two or three lines into it and then he cut it off it's like oh we almost got it yeah <laughs> but yeah what well, again another fantastic show and um uh, I can't stop talking about that. Another lover, another lover was probably one of the highlights of the whole tour for me. Just watching him strut. I just remember this vision of him skipping down the pointy end of the cymbal, just with this massive grin on his face, playing the most insane lines. Yeah, That's awesome. Great stuff. Yeah, I've got a. I've got a. Yeah,
1: I'm not jealous at all.
3: <laughs> I, I've
0: got to quickly agree with you there, Toadjam. Jam. I think that that bit from "Shush" because they did "Shush" again to another yeah. lover, hole in your head to empty room was the heaviest most insane part of the tour for me and his guitar playing was exceptional and it was so heavy like to me it was both and the the craziest thing about all of this for me other than hearing another lover hole and empty room was that both of those songs were at least to me extended versions yeah. I can't remember how long they went for, but another another love a hole when they did the rock lobster bit. It kept going and going. It kept yeah. going like he finished the rock lobster bit and then looks at John and Eda and then they it back up again and they finished the bit. He looks at John and Eda again and they bring it back up again and I was like,
2: yeah. <laughs> and it did it didn't disappoint every time. It was it was almost punk that bit. eh? It was so punk. Yeah, it was.
0: You know what? It was it was as close to like any Christian riffing as you yeah. we can get. <laughs> <laughs> and. And I was again for a, the second or third time so far up to that point. The hairs on the back of my neck were just standing, and I was someone. I remember
2: looking over because t- you were sort of the same area I was, but on yeah. the opposite side of the stage. I remember looking over and just seeing that massive head nod you do, just right in the funk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was loving it because it yeah. was so like quick. You're right about the punk thing. It was just they were thr- he was thrashing his guitar, and and they d- he did the thing where he wraps around one of the twins and. And then they did Empty Room, and again, it was extended to me. It wasn't just the four-minute song. He, yeah. he he brought it. He kept bringing it back, just like he does with Purple Rain. And I just thought, wow, this is really heavy and amazing. And then they, they continued on with the show. Okay,
1: the, the the question is, if you're saying this was so heavy, it couldn't have been on the telly. Did he have the Vox then? No. This was on the Strat. Yeah, that's right. Ah, the, which, which color one? The orange or... The oran- ah, right. Strat. Yeah. Isn't the orange one the bass? No. He's got no, the aqua strap.
0: Yeah, no, it's orange. Got, I think they repainted yeah. it or something. Because, yes. oh, yeah. So they and you know that very rarely played that right, but brought it mm. out in Brizzy and it was up tempo. It was just a jamming, rocking thing, and yeah, and, and the show just kept increasing in in intensity all the way through. He did a little piano set. That's right. Until they got to um, the end of the show, and I think they ended with Everyday People, and Andy McKee came out just before then, and and that's then the right. dance. I'm surprised, Jam you. I mean, you didn't mention the Dance Electric because...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. that's That was amazing too. Oh, yeah. every,
0: <laughs> every Dance Electric version has been great on this tour. This one was probably my second favorite version after the Sydney um, show because...
2: And actually, the, the, the loudness and the dis- distortion actually... I don't want to say it made that song better, but it actually didn't didn't do that song that much of a disservice yeah, being that real loud and crunchy distorted sort of sound
0: yeah it was cool it was really cool and towards the end of that again the guitar solo was, was awesome but this this was awesome the ah uh, yeah I know what you're gonna say <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fin- they're, it's the coda that that fantastic coda bit to Dance Electric and it was hilarious because the little thing that he's standing on in the middle of the stage whatever you call it it, it started lowering and he had the twins there and everyone else and It's probably about halfway to three quarters of the way down, and, you know, it's just the synths and the drums are going off. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he grabs the mic, and he starts screaming, like, endorphin machine style. Yeah. and you can just see his head start to scream, and he keeps screaming it as it goes under the stage. So
2: yeah, you see that his head go under the stage, and you just hear this. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was just awesome. It was. I'm grinning from from ear to ear at the moment. It was unbelievable. So another great show. Yeah, and then
1: so we did Everyday People at that show. Yeah. Anything yeah, else out of the ordinary?
0: Uh the only thing was a couple of a couple of. Um, interesting additions to the sampler set for the first time in the tour i think he might have done pop life
2: in the sampler set housequake a little bit yeah i love i remember he he sort of messed around with housequake a bit like like you know he stops and starts it kind of thing
0: yeah yeah a lot more live vocals at that brizzy show over the sampler set and um extra
2: lovable and pheromone again and oh but i remember when that dance for me came in that was that was one of the moments where i'm just like oh i can't take it i had to chuck my fingers in my ears it was insane, and I remember Prince like he must have been having sound issues up on the stage because he's like, "Turn it up, turn it up." I'm like, "No, don't turn it up anymore. I can't take anymore." So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then we we um we wait until Kiss is over and we bolt out of there. <laughs> To the hi-fi. And you can tell this story to Jam again. I've been... I'm getting worried.
2: We were all waiting for you. We'd organised it. We'd said we're leaving as soon as Kiss starts. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I must have stayed until the end of the day. so we're all at the car going, Buddy, where's MC? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, you you got there in time. Ah, that's right. And we had a good friend from New Zealand. um, Marty, we'll give him a name check. Marty. Uh, Now, Marty is a massive fan from New Zealand, as big as us. as Well, maybe not as tall, but um, (laughs) (laughs) as big as 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 a fan of us. And he basically came over here with the, uh, you know, his mission was to see an after show. His mission was to see an after show. He missed out. He was at the Sydney shows. He missed out on the Ivy, though. And so suddenly, you know, I've, I've said to him, look, I'll get you to the after show if one happens. And so we're at my car. We're in the car and I'm starting to think, oh, a, i got a bit of pressure here. I've got to get this guy to the after show. You know, he's come oh, all the way from New Zealand to get here. I remember. <laughs> anyway, in all the kerfuffle, there's a whole new stretch of road and everything, and I made this massive wrong turn, basically. <laughs> and next thing you know, we're heading over the, the, gateway, motor, the gateway Bridge, is this massive bridge over the river, and I'm like, oh, this is the completely wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my mate, he's from, he used to live in Brisbane as well, We were having a little argument about which way we should go. No, go left, go right, go left, go right. Anyway, finally made the right decision. And um, But we got there in time. We It actually worked out really well. We got we sort of went the back way, but there was a bit of a moment of panic there. And I just, remember, I just remember Marty in the back just not saying a word, just dead silent the whole time. Um, me and my other mate from Brisbane just sort of yelling at each other about where
1: we should go, which way to get there. So if you didn't get Marty to this after show, you wouldn't be recording this show right now, would you? No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> And
2: introducing our new member, Marty. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we got there. Boy, what an after show. I I, I much preferred this. I, I love the Ivy, but I really enjoyed this more than the Ivy. I have to apologize in advance to Player and to
0: Captain, but the Ivy, even with those last three songs, kind of didn't compare <laughs> to
2: this, to how good this show was overall. And I think the main reason, there's two main reasons, just that the sound, It was just it was the proper venue, really. Yeah. With a great live sound setup. Crowd was and, more into it. Yeah, bigger bigger crowd, more res- respectful crowd as well. But it was pretty short. It was only just over an hour. Yeah, I think it was um, about so, 70, 80 minutes. Yeah. But I, I remember um, Player was talking about that sound of that Vox guitar, and he played that, I think, almost all the night. And, and I, I remember when they started with musicology, that just sounded so good. Like it, it was that clean guitar slick. sound. But it, yeah, slick's the word. Just really clean and, and, and juicy. So, yeah, I remember when I, when I heard that, I think, oh, this is, this is going to be nice.
4: Peach and Black podcast brought to you by Vox Guitars.
2: <laughs> How many
4: times have we name-checked them tonight? Vox wow. Guitars
0: brought to you by Peach and Black podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the crazy thing about that was um, we, we're standing there and the um, it's closed curtain. and That's right. To start with. And um, they start testing the drums and all this kind of stuff. And then Rashida's playing Extra Lovable over the PA and that's all going well and people are really getting into the groove and jamming and partying and all of a sudden we see John Blackwell walk up to where Rashida is but then we hear someone testing the drums and I turn around to ToeJam and to, and to um Andrew? Yeah. And uh, I can name Andrew kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so I turn around to toe Jam and Andrew and I'm like, guys, do you understand what's happening here? And I think they were both looking at me like, uh, well, and, and I was like, the drums. Someone's testing the drums. Think about it. Extra Lovable's playing and someone's playing the drum track to Extra Lovable. And, and it ain't Blackwell. The- <laughs> yeah, and it ain't Blackwell because he's not there. And I'm like, and we I thought we all looked at each other at that moment. And I'm sure we all thought the same thing, which is Prince is testing the drums. And, we, you know, I can't guarantee this, but I'm going to say it right now on this show. Prince was testing the drums, sound checking the drums to Extra Lovable behind that curtain. Yeah. And Actually I
2: remember that now because Blackwell wasn't just out there, he was out there listening to the sound. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I reckon he said, like, Prince is like, Well, what does it sound like? And he's like, Well, I don't know. Well, how about you go at the front and I'll play kind of thing. That's what I reckon's happened. And, and then Blackwell's come out the front and he's listening to it and yeah. Man, that was some tight drumming. Yeah. It was
0: really cool to hear. I've never heard Prince Drum before, so if that was him, that was incredible. But then that went, you know, they went into musicology, they did all these other covers and, and um wild, Days of Wild, Wild and Loose and Yeah. Uh, Question of view, which I think was better than... probably a
2: the gingerbread man. That's right. I remember he, he must have spent like five minutes warming that story up. I I'm going to tell you a story or something. And the story's about, you know... And he spent five minutes warming up to telling us he's going to tell us the story. And then the actual story went for like less than a minute. So He could have made
0: a <laughs> loaf of gingerbread in that time, I reckon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, guys, again, sorry to have to mention this on the show, but they went into I could never take the place of your man
2: and again like took it to a new height yeah
0: the solo was wild jaw-dropping
2: i don't recall there being any feedback or anything which i remember there was a bit at the um, ivy No, there was nothing and then they did a couple of more songs and
0: a couple of sly covers i think and then play that funky music started and i'm not a huge fan of that song but he plugged in didn't he he went real electric
2: yeah yeah hi-fi was popping by that point the place was like the whole place was shaking basically Actually, I remember, thank you for letting me be myself again. I remember because, you know, he plays the riff and watching the way he, like, strums the guitar while he's doing the riff, you know, again, it's so visual. Like, he doesn't just go up, down, up, down. He's, like, doing this little pattern with his strumming. This looks really cool. All
0: right. So enough about that because Captain and Player are going (laughs) to shoot us. But
2: uh, (laughs) then the other thing was that there was (laughs) basically zero, like, much less... Of the three singers Like they were there Doing their backup stuff But they weren't running The show at all It was a tight after show Very polished
0: Yep And then after that uh, Prince and the band Went back to Sydney Of all places For the third And final night in Sydney And pretty much From a setlist point of view A repeat of night one But you know With no guitar issues For the most part So
4: And the Start and end Sort of swapping I think he opened With Purple Rain And finished with Gold Yeah MC, didn't you say that there was issues with the band? I didn't pick up on it. I thought the set list was great but
0: uh, the only the only thing that I noticed and I thought this was this was more funny than anything else. And i I vividly remember this as well. Is after love, they will be done. When um, yeah. it was really the, Elisa and 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 the girls on vocals, and that's when Andy McKee came out. Or Not just, to
1: mention, love, they will be done was an acoustic, acoustic version.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was acoustic. So so Andy McKee was out there, and he, he'd stayed out there from sometimes it snows from earlier. And um, I remember that love, they will be done ended, and then there was like a couple of seconds of silence, and you know, everyone's expecting for the next song to start and um, nothing happens. And then Prince turns around and he's looking at at Blackwell, uh, assumedly, and nothing happens. And then (laughs) from my memory, my recollection is Prince kind of puts both of his hands to the side and he kind of, you know, when you kind of say to someone, and like, are you going to do something maybe <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna make a move or you, am I gonna just gonna stand here all day that was the impression I got and he's just staring at Blackwell and Blackwell's still not doing anything and then all of a sudden you hear the and the mountains loop starts up so um, yeah that was the only thing I noticed but I think the whole show was a more polished more more intense version of the opening night in Sydney with a couple of changes like the piano set he did How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore, full version. And then, yeah, incredibly, incredibly, snippets of the latter and An Honest Man. And that took my breath away. Oh, yeah. Mm.
4: An Honest Man. as that started up, I was just like, yeah. where the hell has he pulled this from? It was,
0: like, it was really cool. It must have been like the 1986 muscle memory or something. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> but wild.
1: Then, but then, this, this was... One of the highlights of this show was we get the full version of The Beautiful Ones. Oh, yeah. How long since he's played that, like, in full? It's been a while. But I heard the rehearsals, too, see? I, was, I got to I got to All Bones Arena at, like, I think about 2 o'clock that afternoon. <laughs> and I was just standing outside, like, listening at the door, and they just kept going over Stalker and over. Stalker alert. But, uh, and so, so I, I, I get on Facebook, The Beautiful Ones, full band version, and everyone goes mental. It was great. Mm. And he sang it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, in the first two Sydney shows, I thought his falsetto wasn't like spot on. It was good, but it wasn't great. But when he did beautiful ones, it was it was great. Nailed like every scream. Oh, it was great stuff.
0: It was good. Yeah. I have to say that aside from the end of, of this particular show, which we'll get to, my undoubted highlight, other than that, was what? um. You got the look. With what, Delilah <laughs> Wait a second yes. wait, wait 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 There's it one was. More... It was <laughs> This show is going to turn into a cabaret act soon I'm telling you when we, when we talk about that performance um, But no In all seriousness Sometimes it snows in April Full band version Full version of the song With little white confetti Or whatever it is Streaming oh, from wow. the I didn't know from, that Yeah from the, from the ceiling. It was Yeah something. there was Yeah I uh, I will have to say that aside from one other song played at a at, at the second Brizzy after show, this was my most it was probably as deep as the tour got for me, which is very deep, by the way. Um I was just really feeling the song and it was emotional to the to the core. Um sometimes it snows with Andy McKee on acoustic guitar, Prince started it on piano and then he went you know, um, all around the stage singing it and there was something melancholic but yet it sounds cliche, but beautiful about the song, you know. And um, one of my personal highlights of the tour was hearing that because I've never heard that song, certainly not in full and certainly not live. So, incredible. I have to say incredible. But yes, player, you're right. And why don't you take this over? Because I'm about to... I'm, I'm sweating already. I've got to wipe the sweat from my Ooh. brow. Delilah. <laughs> that- oh, oh, baby. You got the look.
4: Delilah. Well, Delilah was... I guess flown out all the way to Sydney by Prince to do like a um like be the support act which he never had on the other nights but I mean her her stuff was good when I was sitting there through her set I was thinking like I kind of got the impression that I'm in the midst of uh, watching someone that could potentially be a big star in the future. Mm. And, like, if she does play her cards right, she'll, she'll kind of get there. And then when she does get there, if she does get there, you know, I'll be thinking, oh, yeah, that was the chick that did the, <laughs> the opener to Prince. But, yeah, I think um, her voice is great. And, but, yeah, so she did her little set, and I don't know if the crowd were feeling her, but I thought it was okay. And but she made a guest appearance during You Got the Look.
0: Oh and, mama, and, 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 oh and th- mama.
4: Yeah, and the <laughs> I guess I'll leave it to MC to describe what she was wearing. But <laughs> I, think the most, I think the most impressive thing was, you know, how when a lot of these guest appearances of artists come up and they kind of know the song and or Seal, you know, just singing bits here and there. Delilah knew the ho- all, all the lyrics to You Got the Look. Yeah. She was singing along with it, so you know, she was really, really good. Uh,
1: These, like, were they black, thigh high?
4: Oh, it was more than, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know, but it was, it was,
4: it was a good view. I was watching the monitors to get a better view.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I missed out. I wasn't looking at the monitors.
2: Well, that's where you get all the close-ups, see?
0: Yeah, I know. I was afraid of the close-up, to tell you the truth.
2: <laughs> was your I, girlfriend I at mean, that show
0: MC? Uh, yes, she was. It <laughs> yeah. was, no, was not no too hard <laughs>
1: <laughs> It was like... Um, it was quite entertaining.
0: I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, it it left... She almost left Vanity for dead. Um, it it was, some, there was some wild stuff happening. And, uh, you know, this is going to turn into the Delilah show soon. But... Um, <laughs> was funny because she was dressed fairly conservatively when she was doing her set and then yeah. she came out and i was like wow. wow yeah yeah um and she could not have come out for a better song and you're right, player mm. the not only was she on point but really the <laughs> she was having fun with the vocals in, in the sense that she was really putting a bit of attitude into yeah, it, you know she was. and yeah and um her body did the rest let's just say that but the craziest thing about that for me was Prince, Prince's guitar playing. Suddenly, and we can all guess as to why, became pretty inspired. In in my opinion, and he just <laughs> he just really started riffing, almost as if the guitar was. No, I didn't say that. Um, but I, I reckon if he didn't if he didn't have a good look, then um, he would have missed out because she was really doing her thing. And I think we've spoken about Delilah for too long now. <laughs> but I guess the the, the
4: the strange part of this show was... Well, for me, the, like, pretty much the whole show, he, for the most part, wore the same clothes. Then he did a costume change just before Gold, and then the house lights came up, and I thought, oh, well, that's strange. He changed just his clothes just for one song. And then a lot of people started leaving the venue... Yeah. ...because the house lights came on. But then he comes back with Days of Wild, Wild and Loose, She's Always in My Hand If I Was Your Girlfriend. And, and the cool thing was, like, a lot of the crowd... Like in that purple circle part, it, you know, it's kind of limited. Like there's a lot of room; they could fit a lot more people. But all the people came down from their seats and filled that uh, that, that whole area around the stage. So it was really, really cool moment. That yeah, you brought it all back because a good chunk of that audience that night missed out on those last three songs.
1: I'd say probably seventy percent of people. Yeah,
2: left.
4: that's right.
1: Well,
2: I remember I was, sitting at home watching the Twitter feed come in and thinking, oh, the show's over. And then, oh, oh, he's, he's back doing gold. And then, you know, went on. Oh, what? He, he's back again? He's And just kept watching the Twitter feed just going, oh, like, and everyone's like, oh, the show must be done. And then every <laughs> five minutes he'd be back again. And he'd be like,
1: what? <laughs> it was a pretty long wait. Like, from the time gold finished to, yeah. you know, we came back in the box, I reckon it was at least 15, 20 minutes. It was a, it was a good long wait. The
0: amazing thing about that, aside from the songs that were played and, and, and how good... Prince sounded and the MPG were going off as well was that the whole atmosphere within that arena instantly changed Changed it was on those three songs yeah you're right I can't I can't describe it but it's like the first two hours of the show was just like a a run through, and I, I know that probably doesn't sound, doesn't sound very flattering, but it, what I mean is, it just took it really.
4: It was almost like a after show experience in the arena.
0: Yeah, it was very odd, and people were um, really stamping their feet, clapping their hands, and jumping up and down, and yelling and singing along. And you know, the real fans stuck around, and um, yeah,
1: because you know, only the hardcores are going to stick around twenty minutes after the house lights. Have gone. <laughs> yeah,
0: on a on a Tuesday on a Tuesday night, just on the
1: chance that he might come back out. Unless they're racing
4: night. to an after show.
0: And yeah. the cool thing about She's Always In My Hair, which was an, a trip for me, hearing one of my all-time favorite songs again, live, you know, in the arena for the first time, time—and was that the band came out and they were just jamming on it for about two minutes. Yeah. Just instrumental. A, and that was yeah, cool yeah. hearing that. And then he comes in and then does the vocal and then get the guitar ending and then...
4: And then stomping on the bass and holding it up in the air. Yeah. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Wild and loose. Uh, and if I Was Your Girlfriend topped off yeah that was great topped off that concert and and you know those three songs were by far the highlight of of that night and
1: that encore that that was the after show it was it it was only for the hardcores who stuck around that was the after show was great yeah and 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 if i I was your girlfriend was it was i haven't i don't think i've even heard that live before
0: no No, i haven't i haven't and it was like a soul soul jam version it was like hey yeah,
4: oh, oh. with the hip hop array.
0: yeah and there's some jazz Chance, on the yeah. and I think we all died and went to heaven but again <laughs> in, that, in that part you know they had mountains and dance electric and dance electric for me on the second um, on the second night was, was good but on this night it was really good as well and the coda with- section was mind blowing
4: keyboards were way too low on that third night.
0: Yeah, they were too low, but they he, were too his low. screaming made up for it. There's I actually remember this vividly. There was a scream at the end of that that Tuesday night show when they did the Dance Electric and I I'm telling you guys, that scream at the end of that song was to me reminiscent of that One that he does in The Scream he does an Endorphin Machine About three quarters (laughs) I couldn't believe it It was like 94 All over again And Oh man What a a night And you got the look Was great Especially the part Where Delilah came on stage (laughs) Pun intended It was pretty saucy And uh, Prince must have Felt pretty good Because his guitar Was hot It was on (laughs) fire
4: (laughs) Oh man You got the mop (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kyle, I need some tissues. Oh, God. I mean, even Take Me With You, Raspberry Beret and, and Cream. You know, and you know what? I have to, have to say one thing. Cream, has it ever sounded better? No, At least not in it. recent memory. Cream was awesome.
2: And- I love watching the twins when they do Cream. And the twins yeah. are doing like what the, the Game Boys, they're doing the yeah. full Game Boys dance. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. Like you know, It's almost like they're Diamond
0: and Pearl again. All
4: out.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really cool to see. In fact, Cream Cream is probably one of the highlights of that part of the show for me just before they go into cool because it's it's such a well-known song and I think they're really playing it like a
2: it's a rocking version, you know. It's um and they they Larry Graham it up with those baseline bits before the chorus ( password) like Ada steps on it
0: (sighs) she makes it rocks yeah it's it's rocking and it's rolling for sure so that's really cool as well
1: while we're finished with delight, I've still got to say something about her with what she was wearing and
4: which was very little
1: which was very little but the the thing is the fact that that was fine with Prince for her to wear that.
0: Well, I don't think... <laughs> we don't know if if that was planned or not, but uh, I think once she was already out there... She There's was nothing... Yeah. There's, the yeah. yeah.
1: But then you've got... I don't know if it was this show or one of the other Sydney shows. There was some pretty risque lyrics coming out of his mouth which he hasn't talked that way for a while. I remember on the first in one of the night, piano sets. There was yeah. something between your thighs and uh, uh, I can't remember yeah, the exact words.
2: Yeah, there
4: was that. And there was on the first night during Little Red Corvette he was going on about doing a of sea.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah, it's you know, there's there's glimpses of the of the real prince in there somewhere.
4: Mm. And the other thing that got my attention was when Sometimes It Snows in April, the line that he's changed in the last 10 years or so where he says, sometimes I wish life was everlasting. He changed it to everlasting. But during this tour, he changed it back to never Never ending. ending. I don't know if I'm reading too much into that or not, but yeah, I thought that was interesting because he's always said everlasting for like at least the last 10 years or so when he's performed that song.
2: Yeah. Everlasting things a very big Jehovah thing so
4: well, that's yeah, that's why I was maybe like I don't know if yeah. I am reading anything into that or what. Uh, oh,
2: I've
4: got to say before we move on Two people that haven't been mentioned that are really cool is Cassandra and Morris on the keys Yeah, that were really
1: Morris. Cool. Morris up in his tower
4: yeah, that was really weird having him like separate to stage on the first night. I didn't even, I couldn't even see him. I didn't even know where he yeah, was. Yeah, I
1: didn't know he was up there.
4: And someone said, oh, you know, Morris was great. I said, was Morris there, really?
1: <laughs> I
0: didn't even know he was there. Morris was busy planking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, talking about Morris. Morris did a really funny thing in whichever Sydney show it was where he did uh, The One. Oh, Yeah. Um, and Prince, Prince that joke. Yeah. Yeah, Prince is saying some sort of funny line and then. No, then he I said, know what the line is. Then, but Prince it. said some funny line, the first line, and then he says, Hit me band and everyone goes bang. But yep. then the second one, he's, he's say he, the line player. He it's says, like, I'm gonna buy the buy something.
4: No, he says about um something about independent ladies, I'll take all your money and spend it. Like, uh, I can't remember how he says it, but he's he takes it, he takes the independent lady's money and spends it for... He says,
1: them, yeah, Morris. he says, I'm going to buy you all this stuff. And then yeah. he says, with your money. Money, yeah. <laughs> and then only Morris just goes bang on the keyboard. He's like, thanks, Morris. Thank it was you, so Morris. funny. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, no that's... one else got the joke except yeah, Morris. Morris. He's like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was classic. That was a really funny moment that, you know, hardly anyone probably got. Yeah. It was just, it was great.
0: That was hey, good. Back to Brisbane. Back to Brisbane from
1: Sydney. So then they pack up all the stage and go back to Brisbane again.
0: For the second and final show in Brisbane. And I'll give it up to Toy Jam again and, um, and the floor. Oh, you take this one. You take this yeah, one. Yeah, okay. No, actually,
4: right. I'll take it. It's the show that you guys didn't watch because you were too much in a hurry to get to the S Club gig. That's what it is. You were waiting for S Club 7. You couldn't even hang around for the main show.
0: Well, it's true. It's not, it's not far removed from the truth. I, I think... <laughs> Reading about what was played, you know, reading on Twitter what was played
2: after we left. I There's a moment of, oh, we missed that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think at the time, if I would have been reading that, I would have been uh, maybe a little bit frustrated. Reading it now, it's kind of like, oh, it would have been cool. But in comparison to what we saw, I've got no no hard feelings. But this was another really funky show. And I was just thinking, how many times are they going to bring their A game? Because... It's like almost every show in Australia, you know, hit the ball out of the park and started with DMSR, pop life, went into musicology and all the usual stuff. But then, funnily enough, the highlight up until that point for me was, was Angel and Tojo, right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe no, I totally agree.
2: Angel was amazing. And, uh, you know, he had the three singers and Shelby was, I think it was Shelby who was leading it. Or maybe it was Eliza. So no, I think they all had power. they all had little moments. I think they all harmonized.
0: It all sounded like yeah. one massive
2: angel singing but, um, to us. Prince was there; he was up on stage good. too, like just sort of following them around. It was almost like he wasn't supposed to be there, but he was just following them around, like you know, spurring them on. It was it was great. And, so uh, much and,
0: soul came through in the vocals, touching, really, really touching moment.
2: I was really surprised by that because when it started, I'm like, oh, okay, here's the here's the girls section. But that was one of the highlights of the of the night. I thought
0: Yeah, <laughs> toilet break.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
0: and after that it went into I could never take the place of your man she's always uh, in-
2: now that that was a spectacular version
0: yeah she's always in my hair and then controversy and then the show went on but you're right Jim, it, the screams in that version were otherworldly
2: got some tickets to my family for this show and you know none of them are huge Prince fans but they kind of went along with it because they know I'm a big fan and uh, my dad especially was like after the show he was like oh, I didn't expect him to enjoy it at all and he, he really enjoyed it and I'm like what was your favourite bit and he's like oh that, that Never Never song That was He's like, that was amazing <laughs> um, yeah because he kept doing this this never never chant and you know getting the crowd to yeah, call yeah. it back to him and that was spectacular like his falsetto and you know his passion it was great. We got to say as well with this show the sound was not a problem. It was yeah perfect sound this time and I was so relieved after the first show I thought, oh, if it's like that again I'm going to be really disappointed in the you know entertainment center but the sound was I couldn't fault the sound at all in it's this right time. and the seats that we
0: bought as well we were, we were further back, yeah. Ticketek on the on the day, <laughs> yeah. We were further back, but we got a great view of the stage, and no, it's it's kind of like there's no there's really no bad seat in the house, especially yeah. in Brisbane Entertainment Center. And no,
2: I really enjoyed those seats. Like it kind of felt just more relaxed after seeing yeah. what this was like the fourth or fifth fourth show I'd seen, and so I just seemed a bit more relaxed sitting back and just kind of seeing it from a different perspective. So,
0: but again, his guitar solos during "I Could Never Take the Place" and "She's Always in My Hair" yeah. otherworldly. You know, this, the vocals were great. But the guitar solos took those songs into the stratosphere again and again and again. He was playing his ass off <laughs> uh, yeah. every night on this tour and, and it was really great. Playing his butt off, I should say.
1: You know one thing you, know one thing you haven't <laughs> mentioned yet is like at the end of Kiss where he does the, the dance. Yeah. I think this is like the most dancing I've seen him do on a tour in a long time. Yeah.
2: yeah. And the You're most right. fluid the most fluid and relaxed dancing too as well.
1: He's
0: like... and it brother could. looks like he was working out as well. I don't know about you guys but... Yeah. But, but do you remember
4: he's
1: dancing? That's great.
4: Yeah. Do you remember after the first Sydney show there was uh like with Setlist there was the rumour about him playing Love Sexy. And I'm thinking he didn't do Love Sexy at all, but I think you know the dance in the um, eighty eight version? Yes, Love yes, sexy? Oh yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's kinda like the dance he did at the end it of is, Kiss. It is. So like, I don't where know he
1: if he brushes his teeth and he drinks the water and then turns his head
4: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like I don't know, I think maybe someone misinterpreted that saying, that that part was like, Love Sexy. That's the only thing I can think of of, of why that, that name came up in the set
1: list.
2: My dad was like, oh, another one of the highlights was when they put the spotlight on him and he does the dance. I'm like, oh, that would have been in Kiss. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, it just made me realise... Wow, if this was Michael Jackson, this would be amazing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? This is better than Michael Jackson. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, you realize all of that dance is just, you know, he's making it up as he goes. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, he thought it was like a fully choreographed dance. like Which it, there's elements route. of that, but, it, you know, he, he does mix it up. Yeah. The dance. Well,
0: um, and, and this second and final
2: Brisbane show also had a piano and sample set. Oh, and, and uh, that's right. Like, I always try and avoid doing this, but I I had to. I had to go to the toilet. Yeah, and, and, and I missed the ladder. I just remember being in the toilet, hearing the ladder. I'm like, no!
3: Don't to the ladder. <laughs> Everybody's
1: looking no, for no, the bathroom. <laughs> he actually sang it, didn't he?
2: I don't well, know, was, I got back in MC... I'm like, I heard the ladder, and you're like... It was only the
0: first few bars, which it was, but it was, like, exactly like Love, Sexy, 88. It was uh, magical. And then, right that, after that, he, he queued when Dove's Cry sample set, and... um <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the sample set... Well, by set the was, fourth show of it,
2: it's a bit...
1: Because yeah. the third Sydney show, he played, like, you know, eight seconds of the ladder, just the first couple of bits, and then he went into Hon- Honest Man. But he, somewhere he played the ladder and he actually yeah, he sang a couple of lines and I'm like, oh, that's not fair.
0: Yeah, that was well, That was in Brisbane. He actually sang. Yeah. It wasn't just a few bars of the instrumental. He sang, he started the song, which was...
1: Which is great but, I mean, even though I've already seen him do the ladder on the right, on One Night Alone tour, which was great. It was good to hear a tiny bit of it again. Yeah. I, I was hoping he'd sing it but... And but, um, we should mention
2: about now that it was at this stage sampler set, piano set, where we were starting to get word of this after show, and we were starting to stress a bit about what time we should leave. And yeah, you got my text messages, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and <laughs> by that stage, I remember, so we, we decided at that point, we was thinking, well, he hasn't got that much more to play. He's probably only going to play Kiss and maybe something else. And so we sort of heard Kiss start, and we're like, well, right, let's go. And then, so then we drive to this Eaton's Hill.
4: Come on, man, um, you, you were waiting to get to S Club. That's what it was. It's true. It's
2: true. Okay, so like, for the I can't record, take
4: S- the sampler set. I want to go and hear S
2: Club 7. <laughs> well, it's not much different, is it really? <laughs>
3: oh.
2: <laughs> um, okay, we'll set the story. So we drive all the way to this Eden's Hill place. Mm. We get to this venue. We're about probably the fourth or fifth people in line. And we can see and, and hear S Club 7 doing their thing inside the show where Prince is supposedly going to play soon. And you know, slowly, slowly but surely, people start getting there <laughs> and lining up. And it was at that point, you know, we're looking through texts and whatnot and seeing dance, disco heat, baby, I'm a star. I'm like, oh, that's all right. That would have been good, but I'm okay. And then I saw if I was your girlfriend, I'm like, oh, I missed it. So of the whole tour, that was the one song I missed that I wish I had been there. Uh, And then it's like, it kept going. Let's work. You got the look, Peach. And by that stage, I'm like, oh, come on. And then it keeps going after that as well. Um, So it's a little bit, I think we probably missed like almost half the show. yeah, well, if you think about it, after Peach they did Love They Will Be Done Mountain's Dance Electric Trio and um That's gotta be a good hour of the show we missed. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so that's a long show because I remember, you know, we thought, Well, we, he can't be he can't have that much more to go, so
0: Yeah. But. And then they do another hour and we're just standing
2: outside in the cold freezing our butts off. <laughs> yeah. But but it may have been worth it because May. Uh, well yeah probably yeah, what well, was the last time point, you were was, to an after on, by this
4: point I was saying to the captain I'm paying these guys out on the show about getting to S Club 7 and then I read what <laughs> the set list was at the after show and I thought okay I'm going to shut up now yeah.
2: <laughs> well actually we should say while we're in line you know but just before S Club 7 were finishing up, and all the, it was the, one of the funniest moments of the whole tour. It had nothing to do with Prince, but <laughs> all these like you know, 15, 18-year-old girls start coming out of this S Club 7 concert. They're all dressed to the nines, looking skanky. <laughs> <laughs> they're,
1: they're all skanky. They're all loved it.
0: undressed to the nines. <laughs> they're
2: all coming out of there with this, like, you know, oh, that was kind of a stupid show, but we enjoyed it. And then they they come out of this venue and they look and they see this massive line that goes all the way around the corner. And you could just see their faces like, what on earth is going on here? And I remember one of them specifically said, like, no joke... Are you here to see S Club 7? (laughs) This massive line of like a thousand people. Are you here to see S Club 7? (laughs) Uh, Not quite. (laughs) And I remember people kept coming down and saying, is this the Prince line? Is this the Prince line? And we're like, no, 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 no. This is S Club 7 line. Get out. (laughs) Oh, man.
4: So tell us about...
2: uh, Getting there so early meant we actually got front row of the after show.
0: And when, when you're saying front row, explain to them in this venue what that meant. Uh, like, well... I don't know. It means front row, <laughs> like <laughs> no, hanging but,
2: off the. Off no, the there's uh, a
0: ba- see. Not not every venue has a barricade. This had like a barricade, with a thing that you could stand on. So it was like if you got there, you could have your your arms pressed against the barricade the whole night, and there there was no chance anyone was getting in front of you.
2: Yeah, uh, Vince trying to, but um, <laughs> actually I feel really bad at one bit because you were the one that was so adamant about we've got to get front row, we've got to get front row, and then we we run up to the front. And you're about to take the one that's close to the centre and I sneak in and I got it before you. Yeah, that's all right. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. You deserve it.
1: <laughs> Look, you had to get front row considering you missed half the main show.
0: Yeah. And and that, I think that easily met up for it. But we were... When I was standing there, I don't know about you, Gem. Um, we quickly went to the bathroom as we came into the venue and then we
2: bumped. That's right because I wasn't you kept going about being front row and I was like oh you know I'm not too worried but, and then uh, we got out came out of the bathroom and like well, the opportunity's there and we both like just ran up to it <laughs> gotta take and, that opportunity so.
0: and it was lucky that we took it because soon after that there were yeah. people behind us 10 and, seconds later
2: there was people behind us yeah.
0: you know, it, it sounds like it won't be much of a difference but there really is you know even if you're three or four people back it's it's the question of or it's the difference between getting squashed and having your own little private Section in the show that it's relatively good. You know, sure, people still push up against you during the gig, but I've never had and that. That's not always a bad thing. No, it's not always, <laughs> unless it's Vince. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, those but, girls at the uh, Ivy! Come on.
0: Yeah. Oh. Well, don't talk to me. I, that's <laughs> that can't go on record. But um, I don't know about you, Tajan, but I was absolutely, I was buzzing. I, I couldn't believe the spot we had, and it just felt
2: surreal, like we were literally the a fact meter that it was in the middle of the nowhere mindset. as well. Like you know, it's nowhere near town. It's sort of in the suburbs, almost this yeah. sort of hotel complex in Brisbane. And Isn't uh, it like
1: the largest Supposedly. Company, yeah. The Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. But yeah, I remember it, Mutiny. There was a few songs first and then Mutiny came on and I'm like, yeah. And then I remember by the end of that, I was just, I was on cloud nine. I was like, this is the most amazing experience. Um, Mutiny just went off. I just remember everyone got right into that.
1: Come on, run us through the set list. Let's, let's go. Well, I, I remember I have, them. I have st- no idea.
0: I remember first, them uh, jamming to begin with. I, I don't know what they played.
4: Yeah. And then and then Prince ro- walks out and then sees Peach and Black guys in the front row. And he's going, "Oh, here we go." <laughs>
1: I'm cutting it short. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even playing. but you do it. <laughs>
4: he turns around to the band. He, he turns around to the band and says, "Crossing a Machine off that list."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I remember exactly. feeling like I was in someone's living room because, like I said, we were so close to the stage. The mic was right there. The pedals, the pedal board, um, and you know, Black. It, 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 I'm lost for words at the moment, but I do remember them doing a couple of kind of funk jams to start with. And Prince kind of came out for a couple of minutes here and there and then came back from my memory. I don't know about you. Yeah, it
2: was similar to Ivy in that respect.
0: Yeah, but that only lasted like five, ten minutes at the most. And then the next time he came out, he took Eda's bass off and then he just kept the bass on for a while. Yeah. And I think they did, um, you know, the Which Way Is Up? we party hardy chants and all that. Yeah, yeah. And he did, does the America bass line riff again. And, and then he took the bass off, gave it back to Ida, went on rhythm. And he's just got... It, I remember this part where he had it, one foot up on Blackwell's kind of drum rig. And he's just doing these sick, awesome rhythm playing. And Blackwell's just drumming, and and they're all just having a massive jam session. And then all of a sudden, I hear Dun Dun Dun, the Ice Cream Castles mm, uh, keyboard yeah, thing. Yeah, and then yeah. they go into Mutiny. And you're right, that was that's when it took off. Yeah, it really was undisputedly the highlight <laughs> of the tour. For you're
1: going to keep saying that
0: <laughs> highlight of the tour, highlight of the tour, Mutiny, and and a couple of songs that followed. That tore the house down. How long was it? Uh, it must have been a good ten minutes. He kept bringing oh, so. it back. He kept bringing it back. He's like, no, no. Another yeah, one, yeah. another one, another one. Mute. They go into those chants at the end. That's cool. Wild, wild stuff. And oh. then um, Andy McKee came out and did a, a kind of acoustic set, almost a tribute to the Bee Gees with, um, with Emotion in there or to... Oh, and Africa too. Yeah, Africa, awesome. um, Emotion. That was really cool and, and again, the... The um, MPG ladies were
2: harmonizing beautifully. I and remember then came Prince moment- going over to Cassandra and playing the funkiest keys oh, at one bit. I, I remember, remember Cassandra's it. playing something, and he kind of comes over like, "Yeah, that's good." And he's like, "Let me have a go." And then it's just like, "This is the funkiest stuff." And then he's like, "Just look at her." Looks at her like, "You know, you got that." Like, <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know what it was, but that was the funkiest thing I've ever seen him play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever it was, I don't know it's like you, you might hear it back and think, "Oh, it wasn't that good." But just in the moment, you're just like, "Ah, oh,
1: it's." Funky. Come on, get to the good part. He played Paisley Park.
2: Yeah, and that came next. And it was—I remember when that started. Like it was just John Blackwell's beat dorm, the dorm. And at that stage, it was nothing. We didn't know what it was. And then they—they—they they, they came marching because they went off just before it. And then they all came marching on. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like they're kind of marching like in in a line. And suddenly, I'm so—I I remember it—the moment it hit me. I'm like, oh, it's Paisley Park, and that's a cool moment. We, I, 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 you were singing the whole song. Was I? Yes, I, I was. You know, I was
0: out of it by that stage. You were, you must have been you must have been possessed because you were singing the whole, I was singing the whole song and I remember the words like clearly. I wouldn't be able to remember them now, but in yeah. the moment. And he had his glasses on, all dressed in black, and he's down the front. And a couple of times he was shoving his mic in people's faces, and people were singing that at the top of their lungs. When yeah. they got to the Paisley Park version, it was so loud in there that he must have been feeling the, the the
2: emotion from the audience. What I loved about it was that it didn't seem rehearsed. It seemed like they were just going with it at the time. And I actually, I remember now, Prince went over to cassandra and played her the chord and he's calling out the chords as they go he's like calling out f you know g you know as they go (laughs) yeah so it clearly i don't think it was rehearsed but it was brilliant for that respect like it was a little bit loose it was just relaxed and yeah and then after that point
1: i don't know before you move on from paisley park tojan remember you told me near the end of paisley park he says this summer paisley park
2: i remember he says something about summer and i remember thinking oh ha, -ha, he's got his like you know hemispheres mixed (laughs) up Well, because I remember thinking, oh, he's he's thinking it's summer here when it's actually not. And I'm thinking, oh, well, he's just got his hemispheres mixed up. But then I was telling you about it, and then you've made a connection, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Paisley uh, Park, summer? It's going to be we'll a see. hot summer. Maybe, maybe. Oh. <laughs> That's Catherine's Moving
1: theory.
0: On. Just, just hearing Paisley Park in a suburban town in Brisbane in the middle of nowhere (laughs) was incredible and for that moment we I I don't know if I can speak on behalf of the entire crowd but it certainly felt like to me that that we were in we were at Paisley Park (laughs) yeah exactly the whole venue this this Aussie pub hotel establishment turned into like Minneapolis you know and it was very crazy to be there. And I remember looking up... The, I was looking at the stage for about 99% of the time. But the one to, one or two times I turned around to look at the crowd behind me, I could see the um, the balcony behind us. And it, kind of, it was like a wraparound balcony. And I thought to myself, this is so reminiscent of First Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. And then right... I remember like a few minutes after that, they finished Paisley Park and they go straight into the bird and jungle yeah, yeah. love. And that it was at that point when the place literally exploded. Did like, he do the yeah. dance? Physically. Uh, he was doing the kind of,
2: not the full dance. No, he was no. playing guitar, so he couldn't really. Uh, but, no, but yeah,
0: there was a part towards the end of the bird where, oh, maybe it wasn't Prince, but it was the, maybe it was the twins. They were kind of flapping their wings a little bit. Yeah. So that was pretty cool.
2: And I remember it's Blackwell, you know they normally have Sheila E. doing the Timbali solo? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is Glamorous Life, I'm thinking Glamorous of, Life,
0: that's what yeah. you're thinking of, yeah, yeah,
2: And they normally have Sheila E., but then Blackwell did it, just on the kit. That was nuts. Yeah, that was cool.
0: And then they did the Santana ending to that as well, and Prince yeah. is going nuts.
1: But see, it's I think okay that. that you missed the bird at the main show, because he did it again.
2: Yeah.
0: And I reckon anyway. it would have been better at the after show, because everyone was just into it, and it was like 1984 all over again, and Jungle Love. Jungle Love was nuts. The bass, were, oh, yeah, bass was so nasty. It was incredible being so close, and that's when you really soak up all that atmosphere. But he was, he was, he was. Guitar playing was nuts again. It was just face melting shredding. Speaking of face melting shredding,
2: after that they went off, and I thought that's it. That's, that's the end it, of the show because right? that's like the same length as you know Hi-Fi was, and
0: mm. and then all of a sudden Stratus comes on like out of the blue Billy Cobham cover Prince
2: continues face melting solos <laughs> yeah that was think- freaking amazing that he was on our side when he's doing that solo oh. I remember, and it was just ah oh, man <laughs> you know I could have reached up and played the, the strings for him if I wanted to but yeah yeah, that's what it felt like because he's just and he's just doing this crazy like you know almost atonal stuff just all over the fretboard and
0: cool it was nuts it was absolutely nuts and um, you know he was mixing rock chops with jazz lines and it was all very, very virtuosic. And then it goes into All Shook Up and very different version of All Shook Up than what people might be used to. It was like a house party version. Yeah. <laughs> like it really brought the all shook up chance in and um again got the crowd going. And then after that, all of a sudden you just hear this the beat slows down and it's slow jam mode all of a sudden. And everyone's like, What? Insatiable. Yeah. Out I remember- of nowhere.
2: Again, I remember after all shook up, I think there might have been a break. And I remember thinking, oh, well, that's the show. And then then Insatiable starts up, and you're like, oh, it's still going awesome. So, they they do a full
0: version of Insatiable, an almost full version of Scandalous, with him doing a lot of call and response. And then comes what I think would be, aside from Mutiny and Paisley Park, the undisputed highlight of the show. Yeah, Yeah, I'd have to
2: agree. If not Uh, the whole uh, tour. If uh, not the whole tour.
1: Mm, But can you have, like... Three undisputed highlights. Can't there only be one? <laughs> be
2: it's the triple undisputed highlight show. But <laughs> <laughs> what we saw, we're saying the full version of a door here. Full, full, full. full seven eight minutes of it. Well, that's sort of seemed like extended, um, extended. Because remember, he came back all the and he was like all the little. Yeah.
1: Was this the full version that you know he hinted at, but he didn't actually play to us? Potentially. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's. I'm sure it was a full version. It had all the little jokes and all the little bits towards the end, all the backing vocals. Yeah, and at the end, he kind of changed it to, to um, you know, I'll always be
0: there for you, and it made it very... I can't remember the exact words, but it was... You know, he was singing to that audience in that room, and, and it made it very personal and mm. very special for everyone there, I think. But it ain't over after that incredible... But, you know, can I just say, his vocals... The way he sang that song was nuts. And the reason it was nuts was because it, it didn't sound forced. It just came out of him like it was 1987, you
2: know.
0: Mm. It sounded like he had just Chris. recorded that
2: song. So fresh. Yeah. But then there's <laughs> more.
1: Yeah, yeah, just... more. Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Think... Jam of the year, money, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 days are wild. Moving on. <laughs> 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 we don't need track by track. <laughs>
2: Well, I'll I'll just say a a funny story at the end of Days of the World, because that went on for ages, and it was as funky as all hell, as always. But the funniest thing, um, to end the show, you know, they're doing the big Vegas ending, and Prince is playing the bass, and it's Ida's bass. And he Ah, looks over at (laughs) Ida... As if like, and then he looks at the crowd and he looks to Ida like asking her a question. Can I give your bass to the crowd? Like you know how he does that sometimes with his guitar. And and Ida clearly shakes her head like no 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 you can't do that. Prince just ignores her. Hands the crowd hands the bass to the crowd. And Ida's got this look on her face like she's kind of pretending to be sad, but I reckon she she was she was pissed off.
3: <laughs> like oh, I'll rephrase
2: that. You know she was. You know shuck up not happy. What is it? Shuck a mad or something? <laughs> shuck a real mad. Ida mad. You know. <laughs> she wasn't happy but what was sort of the hilarious. Look
1: on face after she shook her head no and then he did it he anyway it was just like
2: almost like he expected her to say yes and then just went about it as if she did say yes
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then i remember straight away you know the guitar techs out there grabbing it and but that was a hilarious moment <laughs> i'm calling that as the greatest
0: night of my life
2: i'd i'd call it that too musically, musically as well yeah Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> we spent like an hour on that show. Moving on to
1: Bennett's Lane, which none of us went to.
0: Which was cool. Prince did an unannounced show. Show How
2: cool
4: was that? Like, it's a secret show.
1: A very not- secret show. I think they announced it at like one o'clock in the morning or something like that.
4: Not really cool for maybe the Melbourne people that wanted well, to I, go,
0: get I know, in. I know one Melbourneite who was there for the, pretty much that whole geek and um he seemed to think that it was as incredible as everyone who was there says it was but mainly because of the reason that it was so unstructured and the whole thing seemed like one massive sound check more so than a show he said basically prince played every
2: instrument in that room twice over so <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty cool to hear what can you say it must have been pretty special i think yeah and only 70 people supposedly only 70 people yeah. that would have been special yeah, yeah and, and most most of them not hardcore Prince fans
0: by all reports. They were there from the previous night. In fact, one funny story, one of the one of the guys who was either playing bass or guitar uh, with the band, high school or college band that was playing that night, he was leaving the stage and packing up his equipment and supposedly someone came up to him and said, oh, there's going to be another show here later tonight. We need to use your amp. And this is like this guy's personal amp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're like, oh, we need to plug in a guitar into this or something like that. And, and the guy is like, you know, what, are you kidding me? this is my amp, I'm taking it with me. But the minute the guy I told him... And can you imagine being
2: this kid? You know, you've just been told that... <laughs> yeah, you've just been we, told, not us.
0: <laughs> yeah, we need... We're, we're using your amp. Prince is going to plug into it later tonight. <laughs> Pretty nuts. But... <laughs> None of us were there, so let's move on. to the, the amp will never be the same again.
1: Yeah. You know what? That amp's going to be up on eBay probably now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and after everything that we've just talked about, we finally come to the 30th of May, 2012. The last show on this mammoth "Welcome to Australia" two and a half three week tour of Prince in the NPG, and the last show was in Melbourne at the Rod Laver Arena. Three Am- of us were there.
1: We went there. We flew there.
4: Three quarters of you. What were we thinking?
1: <laughs> Even though after I'd told you guys how many times I'm not going out of Sydney. Ah, oh,
2: well, we might as well tell this story too. The whole time, MC's like, Jam, you got to come down for the last show. You got to come down. I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. It's going to cost too much cost. money. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No, you got to come down. You got to come down. This went on for like weeks and weeks. <laughs> Finally, after seeing the first show, I think I'm like, ah, oh, that was pretty special. I got, I got to do this last show thing. I can go to MC. MC, I'm going to come for last show, and he's like, oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to go now. (laughs) Like, you bastard. (laughs) But we ended up getting you down there, so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I kept saying, I'm not going, I'll go to everything he does in Sydney, but that's it, I'm not paying flights and all that stuff. Prince has already got enough of my money, and then I still go to Melbourne.
2: (laughs) He does it to you. (laughs) I thought you weren't a fan anymore,
0: Captain. All of a sudden, you come
2: come back with the goods. Uh, we can tell the ticket story,
0: can't we? We didn't have tickets to the shows initially. And then, you know, by the time that we decided, or three of us decided that somehow we, we could make it down there, and really, you know, we were all trying to get down there as hard as we could, and... When we finally decided that, yeah, whoever could make it was going to go. Really, that show was almost entirely sold out. And there were only some seats left towards the back of the thing. And it was just really a hard decision to make, I think. I don't know about you guys. But, again, to the powers that be, a massive, massive thank you. Heartfelt thank you. And a shout-out as well for helping us out and, um, yeah, arranging us passes for that final show um we were taking notes and you know both written and mental and it was an incredible end to the tour and we're about to talk about it right now
2: i think the biggest surprise and a big thanks to the the powers that be again is that um you know we got there expecting to have seats basically and um they end up giving us some vip tickets which were
1: (laughs) which were great which
4: were amazing. You walked around with your homemade peach and black lemonades.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: that gets you in anywhere, that thing. <laughs> but yeah, so basically like we had front row seats again, really. We were right up there.
1: What do you mean again? I've never been front row. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you have now. So.
1: That was the first time.
2: At least uh, highlights.
1: Okay, first of all I'll say, the Melbourne whether it was the last show or whether it's just Melbourne crowd, they were way better than Sydney. I was yeah, I the felt Melbourne crowd
2: was the cake of the three I seasons. felt yeah.
1: I felt embarrassed to be from Sydney when I saw how good the Melbourne crowd was. I just thought, jeez, that's Sydney was rubbish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it also, it's also the stadium It's a smaller stadium Like Even if you were in the nosebleeds You would have got a good seat, I think Yeah, yeah they it, were Everyone was right into it
1: It was great So much better than Sydney I've got a, all three Sydney shows put together <laughs> It was like Melbourne
2: But I've got some highlights from the main show I thought his dancing and musicology Was off the hook that was the freshest dancing I saw the whole tour. Maybe it's just because I was so close, but, you know, he was, you know, he was, it was like, it's such a cliche, but it was like he was 24 again, doing all these James Brown slides and everything, and unbelievable stuff. You know, just energy to the max. And my other highlight, which is potentially one of the highlights of the tour for me, and I can't I know, believe it.
0: I know what you're going to say. I think I know what you're going to say, yeah. and I agree with you. Play,
2: play that funky music. When it started, I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. That was the funkiest thing of the whole show and heavy it was unbelievable every time he had like a little guitar solo bit it was just amazing you know Remember one bit, he's doing this thing where he goes up a fret and it's kind of like, yeah, we've seen you do that before. But then he's looking, he has this look to the crowd like, uh-oh, I'm running out of frets. And he yeah, just keeps yeah. going up and up and up. And it's like, oh, man, just timing was impeccable. He had the funniest facial expression. Yeah. It was, it's just, you know, playing with the crowd again. Like they know what's yeah. happening. And then he's like, oh, I'm running out of frets. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And then he goes over to the his little Nord and he plays like a synth oh, solo and a guitar solo simultaneously simultaneously. Yeah. And that 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 blew my mind. S- say it, that again
0: clearly because I think I interrupted you with my stupid oh my god just so people can
2: hear. Uh, that. We'll say it again because it was it was worth saying again. It was, he played the synth in what must have been his right, right hand and his guitar in his left hand simultaneously playing this amazing solo. And it Absolutely. must have went on, it went on for a good 20 30 seconds. Yeah. So like it wasn't just done, a little bit.
1: Yeah, he's done that before but for a few seconds but this was a good it's crazy.
2: And this is all in play that funky music and I'm like, wow, I've never heard that song. That song's been done a million times by a million different people. That was the funkiest version I've ever heard. So
1: mm. okay. And that
2: was one of the highlights of the tour for me.
1: And first I think one and only time on this tour, Crimson and Clover.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Good version. Wow. It was good. Great version at that part
1: where he's like he was really getting into the guitar. This and then never take the place of your man. It was just oh, it was guitar time.
0: It was nuts. A lot of solos, a lot of a lot of hammer-ons, hammer-offs, whatever you call it. It was just nuts. And um and the part I liked about Crimson and Clover, you know, when he gets into that wild thing mashup bit, Mm. and he was just really stamping down on that wah wah. It It was wild. Um the crowd responded singing the song and it was nuts. But play that funky music for me continued on in intensity as it transitioned into controversy and controversy yeah. that that version of controversy was the best version of controversy on the tour I think cuz he kept playing the same sort of guitar riffs from play that funky music in controversy mm. very strange right. version yeah but it was so heavy and so wild and he kept doing magic guitar work throughout that song as well and that was a mind buster but yeah you're right when he when he did the keys and guitar simultaneously it was <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what
2: are we, what are we looking at here? This is this guy's nuts. Mm. It's you know, it's the last show. He brings that out on the last show, almost like you know, I've been able to do this for ages, but I've been you know, I have you know, saving something for the last show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: Another but, thing, something else was um, a full version of something in the water. Oh yeah, uh, with Cassandra. It's basically a duet, Cassandra playing piano and him singing. That was really nice. Mm.
1: Which Pretty he, hinted at. he hinted. He hinted that because he played it at played it somewhere before uh, that. Uh, must have been Dennis Lane. Dennis Lane, oh, okay. This was the full thing.
0: Well, I remember him playing it at um, that same version, actually, at North Sea Jazz again, and uh, it was oh, as magical yeah. this
1: time.
2: It was as a... magical. It was just
1: nuts. <laughs> and everyday people. That was a surprise. I didn't think that was coming. But you're talking about guitar before with the hammer-ons and hammer-off. You know, the best thing about this entire tour, every, some of you probably already know what I'm going to say, there was no whammy bar. <laughs> <Are you laughs>
2: really? Sure? Are you well, sure? Listen.
1: Well he only played the telly.
2: What about like, he must have used it in Shush, surely? I didn't notice it. Uh, yeah, I can't say I was, noticed it either, so he
1: doesn't have one on the telly, so no. That'd that be hilarious. The, <laughs> that was the best thing about the entire show. And I think I don't know in the preview to a preview show. Did I say don't bring your whammy bar? Leave it at home. Because I think, listen, I don't know if, if I that's, said it. Or-
2: if that's true, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but he didn't. It was just Telly the, pretty much the whole time, which I'm 99% sure doesn't have one.
0: I think he might have used the whammy at the first Brizzy show when he did that heavy rock section.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't oh, remember it specifically.
1: The Strat, the Strat does have a whammy, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think the C, the Stratty might have.
1: But... Oh, so no, I don't care. I didn't see it. <laughs> 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 I only saw the Sydney shows and the last Melbourne one. And I didn't see a whammy bar. I didn't hear one. It was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Moving on.
4: And Joshy was holding up the Indolfer machine
1: sign. Oh, Joshy. Joshy was excellent. He, he made this massive sign with a dolphin machine written on it. And he was, like, right in front of Prince when he came to that section. He was... Joshy was front row on the first elevation. He was right, like, eye to eye with Prince. And Prince came up there, like, doing a solo. And Josh, standing there with his dolphin machine, like, right in front of him. It was hilarious.
2: <laughs> Didn't he say, like, Prince pointed at him and made, like, the crazy sign or something? Like, yeah. yeah. Something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah, he said something, yeah. Oh, it was classic.
0: And, oh. uh, and Prince pointed at you too, Captain? Is that right? I That's swear fine. to you that Prince saw Captain at least once in this yeah. shirt.
1: Yeah, he did. Some people think that he once. was
0: Some people think that he was waving and pointing at the little girl. I and sometimes that he was, but I reckon that once he looked straight at you.
1: I he, he sort of waved at me. I don't know. <laughs> he sort of
0: waved <laughs> at you.
1: I had the Pidge Black podcast shirt on and he right. came over in the where just wherever whatever section we were in and he looked down at me and he saw me and he saw the shirt and i couldn't tell if he was waving or if he was shaking his hands like no get away from me I- <laughs> <laughs> it probably was that yeah i wasn't sure which one but either way it was still funny <laughs> <laughs> it was good it was good
4: and then after this show you made the mad dash to hi-fi
1: no
2: no after no this- it was a chill dash wasn't it
1: because <laughs> we well- um sat there probably, I reckon, at least 20, maybe 30 minutes just watching the place clear out. Because this show finished after Kiss, and I don't know about you, I really thought there was going to be more.
2: I right. did too. I thought there'd be one more.
1: I thought it would come back after, you know, 20 minutes after 80% of people are left and do two or three more songs. Didn't happen. We sat there, we waited probably at least 20 minutes... And then you know you got all the fluoro vests coming out to pull down the stage, so we're like, okay, that's not happening.
2: Hanging around waiting for this last encore to come, which never came, and so then they start packing up. We're like, well, you know, what can we do with these tickets? Mm. And um, so we're like, well, let's let's try and get backstage, basically. Well, let's, yeah, well, yeah. Let's, let's see what we can up do. Up. Yeah, much to our surprise, we got backstage and um, their right. green room, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all having their dinner, and there's a maybe I don't know, maybe twenty people in there, twenty thirty people. Just mm. chilling, talking. just walked in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so, it was just kind of a cool experience, like just seeing the band and everything hang out. And, you know, we had a, a quick hello here and there, but nothing like, not like any significant conversation with any of them.
1: But yeah, we just sort of stood around.
2: All while this is happening, you can hear a recording of the concert being played in another room. Yeah. And it was clear that Prince was in there because, you know, the band members kept going in and coming out of there. And yeah. uh, it sounds like he was like calling them in, like, check this bit out you know but molly was there molly meldrum yeah that was bit... it was good to see him
1: up and about yeah and he
2: had a, a diamonds and pearls jacket on which is cool
1: yeah leather jacket with like diamonds and pearls 92 i remember it.
2: yeah after all this like they all start packing up
1: one by one the band starts disappearing and we're like oh here, here, yeah. what's here?
2: should we hang around or should we go and
1: say so that was it then we went to the hi-fi bar
2: yeah yeah A oh, funny story about the hi-fi is that um i mean leaving rod labour arena like We sort of left all at the same time as the band. And, you know, there's still fans hanging around, like, cheering every time a band member went out. Yeah. And then we come out and, like, you know, they're all going into their limos. They're all going into their limos and fancy cars and everything. And we walk, like, another 100 meters or so to get a taxi.
0: (laughs) There's nothing waiting there for us.
1: We hear all these people screaming when we come out. We look up, there's, like, probably about 20, 30 people still standing up there. Hmm.
4: And then, like... then what? They see the peachy black shirt, and then they stop screaming. Is that what it happens? Mystified silence.
2: <laughs> we get a cab to the hi-fi, and, like, huh. it was it was bedlam. It bedlam, was crazy. Man. Yeah. And, like, this line is... You know, you must have heard all the stuff on Facebook I saw, and everything I saw, like Yeah, but
4: well, I, was, I was here at home just, watching it, watching it, like... Live, like the pictures coming in. It was like, yeah. right there's like pitches. police
2: barricades and and so we go up to the security guy like uh, you know can we get in? we got the VIP tickets and and the security guy I don't think he knew what was going on. And we're like we're on the guest list. He's like I'll wait there and you know. But yeah, then was, as soon as we get in there because Prince must have been like you know just pretty much right behind us. So as soon as we get in there like you've got to keep moving, got to keep moving, go down the stairs, go down the stairs and and so yeah. we get downstairs and like the stage is set up to play basically. Mm. And, and Blackwell's there, he's sound-checking, and Cassandra starts sound-checking, and, and we're all thinking at that stage, oh, it's on, but, you know, they're going to play. Yeah. Uh, and the place is packed, yeah. uh, and the line outside was just
4: crazy. Yeah, I've seen the YouTube video, a guy walking I- from the start to the end, and it goes for, like, three minutes of him just, like, walking past what? all these people. It's insane.
1: Anyway, we got into the hi-fi bar, thankfully. Didn't have to wait too long. We got in there, and we got a really good spot, like, right in front. Of right next on the left of the soundboard, we were and up they were, our,
2: the, the stage was set, ready to go.
1: We were like up two steps up from the floor so we could see over everyone. It was like the perfect spot to be. Mm. and all the stage was set up. Um, they had the three mics for the singers and we' are like, oh, that's it. that's gonna happen. And, uh, and then Blackwell gets up there, does a few little drummy sound check things. Cassandra got up there, played, did check the keyboard, whatever. And then I saw Morris going down. He was trying to get on the stage, but he went down the wrong side, and he couldn't get on there, so he had to come back.
2: And then that was pretty (laughs) much it. That was, we sort of
1: waited. then Rashida started playing. She played, we probably stood there for, I don't know how long. Oh, then that band got up. I can't remember their name. Like some funk band got up, and they played three or four songs. They were good. And then at the end of, like, their last song, which I don't think was meant to be their last song, Someone turned back up the like the DJ music and we're like, okay, then they're, they're kicking them off stage. Here, here we go again. It's going to happen finally. And then again, nothing, nothing happens. We just keep waiting and waiting.
2: I think it was just one of those moments where there was never any intention to play, but they had it set up just in case. And it's, yeah. it's a, you don't know whether that's the right thing to do. Uh, well, but it's it's just awkward not knowing what's happening. Is he going to play, is he not going to play? Because a lot of the crowd were there to see him play.
1: But I, I blame the hi-fi bar for that because I'm pretty sure Rashida first tweeted it as an after party
2: yes like, on the other hand if you're the hi-fi you've got to take that opportunity of what if Prince decides to play in the end after all you've got to be ready for it just in case yeah, you can't you... like if you're the hi-fi and Prince goes there and says oh I want to play now I changed my mind and you're still saying oh we can't do it now because we haven't got you know you've got to if you're the hi-fi you'd have to be ready just for the off chance that he decides to do that
1: I mean they could have it set up set up for him to play but they didn't have to advertise on their website yeah. and Twitter that's Prince, maybe Prince is going to play play and that's yeah. just what sent everyone mental
4: yeah they did and that's okay. what brought the that. whole
1: vibe down by the time everyone figured out okay he's not gonna play everyone was just so pissed off because they were really expecting it because hi-fi had said you know this might happen yeah. they shouldn't have said that at all they should have just said it's an after party then if you did play then yay bonus
3: mm, but don't right.
1: say maybe prince and then yeah. when you know it was that's I, I blame them for that. The fact that
4: they advertise something like that just as the show's starting, so they, like, everybody else, and not even, like, hardcore fans, get a two-and-a-half-hour two two head start on everybody else. Yeah. So when the hardcore fans come out of that concert, they've got no hope of getting, like, anywhere towards the front of that line. They're at the back of the line, you know?
1: So yeah, I only saw probably, I probably saw less than, Six people inside that I that I knew that I right. recognised. Yeah. All the rest were just like probably local Melbourne people who go there all the time. Yeah. And then Prince left, and that was it. So then we left, hmm. Hmm. Okay. and we went straight to the airport and That's right. Back, we had a van
2: back. of like seven or eight of us, all kind yeah, of really excited but back. kind of deflated at the same time in the van. <laughs> like, oh, that was an amazing tour, but it's the end of the tour.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a fun van trip, but it was a sad van trip, but we have a lot of shout-outs to do for a lot of people. Hey, are we going to whinge about Ticketek? Can we, please?
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to have to...
1: Okay, I've just got to quickly say, Ticketek suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: they, they, they just managed to stuff up almost every single thing that they managed to do with this tour. It was just ridiculous.
2: From the word go.
1: Day one. You know what they
2: need? They need some competition to let people choose their seat the moment there's that competition then tech will do it too but at the moment they've got a monopoly so they'll, they'll just keep giving you a random seat all the time so.
1: it's odd, but it's either Ticketek or Ticketmaster do have that now Yeah, it might even be Ticketek but they didn't do it for these shows which was stupid but uh, uh, I've complained enough about Ticketek in the last three weeks four weeks <laughs> but just you know the website crashed and then everyone tried to buy tickets and then you know the the sale didn't go through so then you tried to buy more tickets and then you found out later that you'd actually bought two lots of tickets and they wouldn't give you refunds and it was just screw up after screw-up it was just ridiculous Oh, no one else cares okay we got a million shout outs to the how many people did we meet too many well, a list of-
4: actually before we get into the list can I just say I want to thank all the people that came up to us and gave us feedback of how they really love our shows and how great they think we are and all that (laughs) um you guys are really awesome because like normally we get this sort of feedback like through emails or posts but it was really nice to get that from people face to face and direct and how much they love the shows and how much they love us and how yeah just everything though you guys are really really good
1: jesse we're talking to you
4: Jesse, Jesse is cool. Jesse bought me, he goes, I oh, mean, I have to buy you a drink. He bought me a drink and he didn't buy himself a drink. That guy's awesome. So Jesse is on the list. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: Thanks for, the, thanks for the beer, Jesse. And, and also a quick shout out before I get to um, Tony Pepper, who I met at the, uh, I think it's Tony Pepper anyway. I'll take, I'll take a guess and say it is uh, at the se- Second Sydney Show. Yeah.
1: Uh, Joshy,
4: big Joshy shout out to from Joshy. from
1: Adelaide and his endorphin machine sign.
4: Thank you for writing that sign and trying. It never happened, but thanks for doing it anyway.
1: Maybe that'll be the first song at the Opera House in 2015.
4: Ooh, hopefully.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, Sonia, who's an old high school friend of mine. She got up on... Oh,
1: yeah, Sonia.
4: Yeah, shout out to her. Sonia Rami. Any other shout outs?
1: Got a list. Got a list. Claire from Melbourne. Yay, Claire. Thank you for everything. Marty from New Zealand. Ah, Marty. He's now bankrupt, but that's okay. He got his... (laughs) He
2: got got to that after show.
1: He got his after show. I met a guy called Tom in Melbourne at the last Melbourne show. I met Dave. Dave knows who you are. Dave knows who he is, too. Nikki. Can't forget Nikki. Nikki flew down from Sydney with me. Yay, Nikki. For the last show. And she came to all the Sydney shows. And who else? Who else is there? We saw Jess. We said Jesse. We said Joshy.
4: We saw Dom Uh, with the red shoes. Dom. Hey, Dom.
1: Dom, who unbelievably went down to Melbourne for the last show, even after he said he wasn't going.
2: <laughs> just he to, line up, he,
1: just <laughs> to line just up. Just to line up, yeah. But, but we won't rub that in anymore. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I've
2: got a few here. Uh, Orlando and Leo. Yeah. yeah. I, I even ran into them in Brisbane, like, the next night after one of them. So I'm, like, just walking through the city, and, oh, there's Orlando. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Nice, guys. Steve, people from Brisbane, uh, Steve and Lisa, uh, love come quick on the org. Uh, my good friend Andrew, who came over all the way from Perth to see that insanely loud show. I think he was pretty happy that he got into the up show. Dizzy from New York, D-I-S-E-Y, King FD, Andrew Chan and Mel Diva. Uh, and Shane, have we mentioned Shane? Shane Lust. Shane, Shane Lust. Lust. Uh, cool guy, also from yeah. New Zealand. And S Club 7.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shout out to them. Shout out to Vince and Derek.
1: Oh, Vince, yeah. Vince,
2: I think Vince made every show except Bennett's Lane, is that right? No, I don't I know. Something he did like a lot that. of shows. He, he, he I think he must, he must hold the record for the most anyway. And
1: Derek, Derek too, <laughs> Derek got to pretty much yeah. it. We'll well,
2: see. Top effort, boys.
1: Outstanding.
4: Shout out to Philly Pop as well.
1: Oh, Philly Pop, I can tell you, was in the Bennett's Lane gig. Yay. Talking to him before the Melbourne last show, and he was there unbelievably. And Claire was too, I think. Good
2: stuff, guys. Which
1: is crazy. Yeah. Who else we got?
2: Uh, Kylie and Carolyn Thompson and their little group of people. Yay. Big shout out to them.
1: Oh, yeah, Kylie, Carolyn, Joe. Joe. Joe, Joe. Yep. Uh, Massive shout out to them. Shout out to Misty's Diner, of course.
4: (laughs) MC, have you got shout outs?
0: I do. I have...
1: Wake up.
4: I want to send a a shout out to Natty as well from South Australia. Yay. And who else we got? Um, who is Shabon? You? Shabon.
0: Ooh, MC's shout-outs. Shout, massive shout-out to Prince.
4: Yay. Yeah. M- yeah. Shout-out to yeah. the
0: yeah. NPG. Um, little
4: L.
1: Oh, yeah, Little L.
4: Tony with the tats. That's pretty hardcore.
1: Effie. Effie. Effie with the blonde hair. Actually, I do have two
0: shout-outs. Two official shout-outs. Two massive shout-outs. Firstly, starting with... Andy from Sydney, great to catch up with you. Yeah, and, Andy. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely go to some gigs over the coming uh, months and years. Keep the funk going in Sydney, and also nice Michael, up. Michael from you know where you're from. Massive shout out to you as well. <laughs> Thanks for you everything, know where you're from. and uh, it ain't over.
1: Oh, shout out to Victor. We never got to see you, Victor, but I think yeah. like you had fun. We said, "Dumb."
4: Uh, I don't want to miss out on anyone. <laughs>
1: Andrew, Andrew, I think, I, who was it, standing right behind me at Ivy.
2: Uh, shout out to Mrs. Solizano, Diana, Chris. I know who that is. Honia.
1: Honita, yeah. She got up yeah. on stage at Ivy. And yeah. Jody Tiki.
4: Yeah. That's quite a lot of people. <laughs> we all, all, the, all the Australian people.
1: And yep. if we missed you, we're very sorry, but we've met a lot of people. Shout out to Chris Webb. Chris. Yeah. Adam.
0: Uh, shout out to Serial Thrawn from back in the day. It was crazy seeing yeah, you yeah, nine I met years him. later. I met um, him. Yeah, that was nuts.
1: Yeah, I talked to him.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, big shout out. We um we first met in two thousand and three at the at the shows there, and it was it was pretty uh pretty funny meeting you again almost a decade later. So massive shout out to you and your wife. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed the shows. I'm sure you did.
4: And I want to send a, a shout out to Con and Justin Holy River.
0: Yeah, Holy River. What's up? Yeah buzz. Yeah. <laughs> Holy River was going nuts at the Brisbane shows. He was loving it. <laughs> shout out to Holy River. Yeah.
2: And uh shout out to Alpham as well. I was supposed to catch up with him in Brisbane I just didn't get around to it. I was so busy. So, so
4: you didn't see him there?
2: No, I missed him. Uh, shout out to him too.
4: Yeah. Thank you to everyone that came along to our meetup and chatted to us.
2: You could.
1: Sydney guys and Melbourne. Oh, there were so many people. Oh, shout out to Audrey Byrne. I don't think he, we saw you, but hello to you.
4: i got a couple more shout outs. Shout out to Damaris. Oh, yeah. And I want to send a shout out to the lady from Sydney, Two who sat in front of Captain Toe Jam and myself, who rudely interrupted us during our own private conversation. <laughs> he does six or seven encores, you know. Yeah, thanks, lady. Don't you know you're talking to, woman? The Peach
1: and Black Podcast. Oh, come
2: on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, There's a few uh, conversations I- like that throughout the whole tour. You eavesdrop on people and, you know, they're saying stuff and you're like, yeah, that's true, but not really. So, <laughs> yeah,
4: but, well, I mean, what was that? I mean, we were talking and she just butted in. I mean.
2: Yeah. You have been listening
0: to the Peach and Black Podcast and we have taken control. Troll. 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 <laughs>